0: This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by face2face FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles.
1: I've joked before that, you know, the uh, my degree in philosophy and religion allows me to, you know, st- stay calm and focused as I get mana screwed for the thousandth time. Like, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, this too shall pass,
2: you know?
3: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60cards.com. Check us out.
4: In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for lies they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal palm in the Ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted to by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them... Maybe you can listen to the A-Team. KYT. I don't know about you guys, are. I'm just mind-tricking myself constantly.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Jay Boosh.
5: They're of a different culture, KYT. They prefer their magic untainted by the internet.
0: Scotty. Then you just pull the fucking mind slaver and you just dome them with their own dude. That's entertainment. And Medina.
5: I'm on camera
3: and I'm like, oh man, don't blink. Act like you meant to do this.
4: <laughs> and now, The A-Team. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 96 of The A-Team Podcast. This is KYT as always with Scott, John, and Jay. How's it going, guys? It's going pretty, pretty
0: good. good. Ninety six. Fuck we're getting long in the teeth, boys. <laughs> getting close to a hundred. I know. Now, before Scott
4: introduces our illustrious guest here, I just want to mention that at the end of the show, I'll be announcing the winner of the foil gristle brand from last week's thing. Some of the funnier comments that we got, and we got a bunch of them, so that's gonna be at the end of the show. So
3: So that means you have to stick around till the end. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Right, yeah. Scott? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no reason not to stick around. I mean, we've got, uh, as promised, you know, this guest doesn't need a lot of introduction, you know, uh, vaunted, you know, well, well-known well game maker, you know, uh, extremely successful game player, both of the magic variety as well as, you know, of the uh, the, the chasing female variety. <laughs> we have the illustrious. Ladies and gentlemen, and I stress the ladies, Mr. Brian Kibler is joined us for the first time this evening. Brian, welcome mm-hmm. to the show, sir. Hello, hello. How y'all doing? Pretty awesome, thank you. So uh, what, were you, uh, what were you up to before we, we got you into this call? Were you just kind of streaming around
1: or cooking around a moto or what? Uh, I, was actually, I was actually finishing up some work. I, uh, we we uh, launched our Kickstarter for SoulForge uh new project that are working on. And I was uh, going over some of our updates we're going to be putting up. So busy, busy.
0: Nice. Nice. So I want to take a few minutes and I want to kind of talk a little bit about you, the player, because this is sort of, you know, one of the first major, you know, podcast shows that I think you've ever done. Right. Like it is, just- it is the first. So so we're we're popping the cherry on that one, which is awesome, because <laughs> you you seem to just be really elusive. Like I know you've done you know an interview here and there on site at events and stuff. Like I I think you've talked to Joey at, from UNTG Taps back in the day, you know that sort of thing. But we're really excited to have you, you know, sort of full bore. So we need to make sure that we give you your proper introduction to our listenership. You know, for those of you that that don't actually just ask Kibler anything on his drunk streams. <laughs> So, uh, first things first, uh, you are of course known as the Dragon Master. Um, your column at Star City Games is the Dragon Master's Layer. Uh, you earned that, you want to tell us a story about that? Like that was your first Pro Tour Eight, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was, uh, that was Pro Tour Chicago back in, uh, in 2000. And, uh, the, the world's really changed a lot for those who, who haven't really been following competitive magic for, uh, f- you know, for all that long, but, uh. Way back when, it really used to be that, uh, that creatures, and in particular, big creatures, didn't really show up in, uh, in most tournaments. It was really, you know, the, the decks were jackal pup decks or counterspell decks for the most part. Um, and the deck that I played, uh, in, in that tournament, uh, was, uh, a deck that had, you know, just a bunch of huge creatures, uh, including Rith the Awakener, uh, you know, the, the, dragon, actual dragon in the deck. And, uh, I, I ended up beating, uh, both, uh, John Finkel and Steve Mauschwitz in that tournament, uh, in the Swiss, uh, and in the top eight. With an armadillo cloaked Rith the Awakener, so uh, you know, in, in a world where, where where no one plays big creatures, having you know not only a gigantic creature but a gigantic enchanted creature was uh, was definitely something that really didn't get seen very much and uh, caught some people's attention. Because that was terrible card disadvantage.
0: Yeah, if it got
1: killed. Well, the thing was in that tournament, uh, one of the one of the popular decks in that tournament was like a, a, a red green sort of Fires of Yavamaya deck that uh, used uh, Fires of Yavamaya, it's enchantment that gives things haste. Uh, and then Sapperling Burst, you'd make a bunch of guys and, you know, just attack your opponent and kill them. Uh, and my deck was, you know, super well set up against those decks because I had just even bigger creatures than they did. And Armadillo Cloak in particular made it so that, you know, they couldn't ever really, you know, kill you if you ever put it on something big because it's yeah. a giant life-looking creature. It was like, you know, Baneslayer Angel before there was Baneslayer Angel. Nice. So you ended up losing a Kai in that semis, right? I did, yes.
0: Yeah. But, uh... I mean it's it's tough to losing to one of the best in the game. I mean, Christ, it's Kai for God's sakes. Um so you took a
1: short hiatus, right? Like from Magic shortly thereafter? I d- well I, I actually I continued playing for a while but didn't really make any other top eights, uh yeah. at least in Pro Tours. I did pretty well in Grand Prix. Um and actually I actually did, you know, very, very well in Grand Prix then, especially compared to how I how I've done since I started playing again. Um, and then ended up uh, pretty much stopping playing competitive Magic uh, when I moved out to California to uh, to take a game design job.
0: Gotcha. So you so you left the game for obviously your your design job in, at Upper Deck, right? Yeah. The, the,
1: yeah. the funny thing was, that a big part of the reason that I that I took the job at Upper Deck, I, I'd been asked by by Wizards a couple of times if I wanted to come and do their sort of uh, development internship there, and I, I you know turned it down because I still wanted to play Magic. Then I go and work at upper deck and just stop playing magic. <laughs> so you, um. So I want to
0: talk... I'm going to, I'm going to come back to the design piece because that's sure, like a absolutely. whole side facet of your personality. Absolutely. But, I mean, obviously you, you did come back to the game. What was it right. that brought you back? Because I, I seem to remember, you know, I, I was not paying... You know, I'm one of those guys who have been in Internet of magic for years, right? So, you know, playing back and revised and all that sort of crap and then, you know, out at Weatherlight or something. So, you know, that whole competitive scene was just a void for me. You know, I get back in and, you know, all of a sudden there's this unbelievable web... Co- coverage and everything's just fantastic and of course so like pro tour honolulu shards is out and you know this this shining face you know this 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 pretty boy this not a magic player guy you know has come forward and oh yeah no i'm coming out of retirement you're like 20 um <laughs> you know and and here i am and i'm just showing up in honolulu and i'm fucking owning you with commons like how the fuck did all of that come down man like give us the lowdown what happened how did I start coming? come back? Yeah, yeah, and
1: and well, bring so you back to Honolulu. It was crazy. Uh, it was uh, yeah. It was uh. So I was going up to uh the pro tour in L.A. Uh, and I think that's the pro tour that uh, Antoine Ruel won. I think. Um, but I, I wasn't I wasn't playing in that pro tour. I I ended up with some friends of mine, uh Pat Sullivan and Ben Sec, who many of your viewers may know. Mm-hmm. Um, we were driving up. Uh, and you know, I was, my plan was just to go up and hang out and see people I hadn't seen in years, you know, cause I had, I'd been off the pro tour for a number of years, but you know, still a lot of good friends who were going to be at the event and, uh, on the, the drive up Pat and, and, uh, and Ben were, were talking about, you know, the deck that Pat was going to play and the LCQ and, you know, it's, it, this was, this was, uh, around time spiral. So they're, you know they're talking about like, you know, you know, these cards, like, you know, Magus of the scroll and, you know. Like all the you know, mutivault and, and all these things that are that are like really similar to cards that like I knew from way back when. You know, like because
0: Curse Scroll curse Admissions Factory. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you know, I'm just like you know, as we're as we're sort of driving up, I'm just like, I wonder if I can borrow the cards to build this deck. Because I didn't know anything about you know the format. I, I hadn't played Magic in years. Um but by the time I got there, I was like going around, like, you know, talking to people. I ended up borrowing a bunch of cards from Jamie Park um and you know, put together this deck. Went like four and two in the LCQ there, and yeah, you know, just totally hit the fire back. I was like, you know, I was watching like the PTQ going on, and I, I you know, I'd never seen a Lorwyn card before, and I was like, you know, asking people, you know, what the what the cards were legal, and like built this like four color like Doran command deck or whatever that I ended up playing in the PTQ on like Sunday or something, and went four and two in that as well. And I'm like, all right, you know, I want when, when's the next tournament I can play, and I, I want to keep playing this. You know, I'm I just I just missed it so much, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I went from there to just, you know, I started playing in some of the local like San Diego area PTQs, um, and then ultimately ended up, uh, ended up winning one. Uh, it took, it was a while before I won, won one because I, I, I played in a bunch of them and, and I was still super rusty. You know, I ended up making a bunch of, you know, game and match losing mistakes, p- uh, playing in the top eight to some of these events. Uh, and then, you know, ended up winning a, a PTQ that I actually drove out to in Las Vegas by myself. Nice. I was just like, you yeah, know, I'm going to this PTQ. I'm going to go win this PTQ. And I won, uh which qualified me for Honolulu and then, you know, I made top eight in Honolulu and, you know, sort of went from there. Yeah. So
0: your, your deck in Honolulu was, was awesome. Like it just was completely under the radar, came out of nowhere and, you know, just was so impressive to just look at on paper and go, fuck, really? I can build this for like $30, (laughs) you know?
1: (laughs) I actually, I, I, I actually, uh, Earl the Miststalker, the like three color, you know, uncharitable yeah. guy or whatever, he was selling for like $25 or something at the venue. I traded two Earls for my deck. Nice. I played a, a Esper, uh, like an Artifact Esper deck, like a, an aggressive, you know, we, we called it the Esper Stoneblade deck because it was Esper uh, Stormblades and, you know, just a bunch of aggressive creatures. It had, like, Ether Sworn Cannonist, which was super good against all the Jund decks with Cascade. Um, you know, just a bunch of, uh, you know, Border Posts and stuff for your mana. Uh, you know, all these super aggressive cards. It actually, uh, it was the first competitive deck to actually use Stopter Foundry. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually, because uh, the, the M10 rules came shortly after Honolulu, actually, on my, like, I heard about them when I was, Flying back, and we were like, "Oh, this is the last time Doctor's Foundry will ever see competitive flight because there's no damage in the sack anymore." Well, then, sort of the meek, sort of. I and guess you're wrong about that. Ruined, extended for the
0: for the rest <laughs> of us. Thanks, guys. I like the uh, extended. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, since since your return at Honolulu, right? Like, you've been sort of at the front of some unreal fucking deck innovations. Right. Like that was that was a crazy deck that you guys came up with out in out in Honolulu. Took everyone by storm.
1: Well, the Honolulu you... deck was actually that was pretty much all uh uh it wasn't it wasn't me at all. That was pretty much all Neil Reeves, I think. Oh, was uh, it? We actually yeah, I I mean I, I basically came to you know that tournament uh you know, I'd been testing a bunch with Ben Rubin coming into that event, uh, but we were you know, we basically had a bunch of different Jun decks like everyone else did. Mm. Um and we showed up to uh to Honolulu, we were staying in a beach house with a bunch of people, including uh Gabe Nassif um, and Mark Kerber you know his Man, whole. What crowd. happened to Gabe Nassif?
5: Where's he just plays did? poker
1: now. He just plays poker. He's wow. really good at it, and apparently likes it more than magic. So really, well, he, he, there's certainly a lot more money to make in, in poker. than Of course, yeah, yeah.
0: He got inducted the same year that you did, right? That's correct. Yeah. Nassif yeah, and he just
1: lot. figured that's it. He still he still occasionally comes to events. He was in Barcelona, um, okay. but I mean he doesn't really he doesn't really test or or travel for uh, for events anymore.
0: Hmm. Now, to be fair, like it's. Gabriel and the seat we're talking about here, right?
1: It is? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Testing for events. You give him a blue control deck, like how bad is this gonna be, right? <laughs> Anyways, okay. So, um talk to us about Kago. Like, I oh. feel like uh, this is so this is so the soft spot for KYT, right? Because like yeah. he has played that deck in all of its iterations and in and in you know evolutions since then. Uh and <laughs> in every format that it's ever been legal, period. Um but Basically, like, did the so so I have to ask how this ties into the blame Kibler meme because did this like did you start this like is is this when that came up or was that
1: before this? It's actually it's actually totally unrelated to that. Uh, it was before that. Yeah, the the whole blame Kibler thing. Well, I'll start with that. The whole yeah. blame Kibler thing uh, <laughs> was actually a uh, it, it came out of uh, well Michelle Cove, uh, who is one of the uh, one of the people who runs gaming et cetera. Uh, one of the dealers that is mm-hmm. frequently at Pro Tour events. I've known her for a long time. Um, and, uh, she, she was the one who made the, who makes the, the Blaine Kibler t shirts that you see around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it is, there's, there's a, a bunch of stuff that sort of, you know, goes back, to. but, uh, to, at Nationals, uh, in, I think it was Minneapolis or Kansas City somewhere. I think it was Kansas City. Um, I, uh, this is, this is right after I, I made top eight in Honolulu, played in Nationals. And I, I ended up making a couple, uh, big mistakes toward the end of the first day which, uh, picked me up a couple of losses that, you know, I was, I was kind of frustrated about, uh, so I decided, you know, I was, was going to go out drinking. Um, and I, uh, I, I, ran into, uh, one of her employees, uh, and, you know, uh, a friend, uh, outside and I was like, Hey, let's go out, let's go drinking. And they're like, Oh no, 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 we, we got to, uh, you know, we got to work in the morning. And I'm like, you know, I pulled a die from my pocket. I'm like, high roll. If I, you know, if I, if I win, you, we go out drinking. If you, if you win, you stay I'm like, okay, I win the roll, and we, we go out. and just are high rolling for drinks all night. <laughs> and every time they're like, oh, let's go, whatever, I'm like, oh, I'll roll you. If you beat me, you can leave. And, you know, I I, I beat them in all these die rolls. So they come back completely. <laughs> and I come back, you know, pretty, pretty bad shape myself, do terribly on day two. You know, to, you know, Michelle walks in and, and sees the two of them just, like, you know, leaning up, you know, horribly hung over against a wall whatever. Just like, what happened to you? They're like, oh, it's Kibler's fault, blah, blah, blah. And that's only, that's, that's part one of this. Part two. <laughs> part two of this. Is that it the, it's a, it's a pro tour in Austin. Um, I, uh, so I, for, for many tournaments since I started playing again, because I've known Michelle for a long time, I knew her from when, uh, when I lived up in, uh, New England, I, I was borrowing cards from, from her, uh, uh, her booth to play at events. Uh, yeah, you know, I bought like my first, you know, my first deck back when I was playing again. And, uh, uh in Austin, I, I had gotten a message from my friend, Chris, who works for, uh, works for Strike Zone. He's like, Hey, let me know if you need anything, you know. Just you know to, to make sure we have all the cards you need for the tournament because this is extended. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, sure. And I uh, you know I ended up borrowing my whole deck from him. um And then you know I ended up making top eight of the tournament. Well, Michelle's birthday was that weekend, and no one wanted to go out with her for her birthday because they wanted to wake up early to watch me play in the top eight. Oh, no! <laughs> and and then and then I won the tournament. Yeah, like and you won I that for like, oh, yeah. And I was like, I want I want to keep my deck. So I just bought the entire deck, and this was, like, the one tournament that I didn't borrow the deck from her, boot, her, you know, her, uh, her, her her store, and they'd had, like, a really bad weekend of sales, so she was, like, already annoyed about that, and she's like, what the hell, everything's Kibbler's fault! So, that's where the whole blame. <laughs> thing comes from, right. and it sort of expanded to various other things, however people, you know, manipulate it from there. So, one of the ones that
0: you've obviously earned, then, has got to be Cobblade, right? Like, that whole sure. menace started from your cargo deck. Um, like how does it feel to be known for such a you know prolific thing like that i mean aside from in the community right i mean we all know you know you've you've won all of these tournaments and and you're you're an accomplished writer and you know you're a, a fantastic game designer but like to be known for that menace
1: <laughs> well it's it's sort of funny because i end up getting you know so much Probably, you know, So much more credit for a lot of things that that you know I'm not necessarily the sole sort of progenitor of. Um, I was actually just joking about this with uh, with my friend John. Uh, John Firlo is one of the uh, one of the sort of core members of our team that makes Ascension, makes Soul Forge. Uh, you know, and so many people call like you know Ascension like you know Kibler's game or whatever. When like uh, of you know uh, me, Justin, and John, you know I'm probably the the person who has had the least to do with the production of it. Um, but does that
3: annoy <laughs> your coworkers? Probably I mean, to they, no
1: end, right? Well, I mean, like. Not really. You know, they, we sort of joke about it and stuff. Um, and, and, you know, we, they, were, they were joking initially that, you know, we should just call the company Kibler Games because everyone's going to say it's my game anyway. Uh, <laughs> but Because uh, yeah, I never heard when,
3: of these other dudes, you know.
2: So, <laughs>
1: when, so
3: it's, hard to, it's hard to not associate it with you, you know.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm sort of, you know, I'm certainly the most visible person, uh, at least in the magic community of our team. So, you know, there's there's gonna be the, the, the obvious sort of associations with me rather than people that they haven't heard of. So you're you know? saying that they hired you for your face? <laughs> I mean there there was a reason I have the credit Minister of Propaganda in the rule book and it's it's not just a vanity <laughs> title. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, But with with the whole the whole you know Kaggo cobblade thing, um, I, the the origin of the Kago deck was actually uh, uh Brad Nelson played against I think it was Akira Asahara on Moto. The, uh, a few days before Worlds in uh, in uh, where was that Chiba, and he played against he played against him and he was playing this you know weird sort of blue white control deck that had that had uh, uh, it had like Trinket Mage for Elixir but it also just had Squadron Hawks and Brad was really impressed with the Squadron Hawks so uh, you know he was like you know we should work on this deck so Brad and I worked on the you know, Kago, and you know, found a version that we liked for Worlds and I went six zero with it at Worlds. Yeah, um, but I mean the the origin of you know playing squadron hawks in blue white control didn't come from me. You know, it came from you know uh, the the Japanese player who Brad had played against on Magic Online. Then I got it through Brad, and ha- I happened to be the one who did well with it. And you know like I can't I you know I was the one who sort of championed it after that fact because you know mm-hmm. I thought the deck was really good, having played with it a lot, and sort of did a lot of tuning to improve it. But you know I certainly can't can't take credit for the origin. All right, in Paris, you know I I was again sort of championing Kago. Um, and I had been, I had been suggesting that we should play Stone and Swords in our sideboard because they're really good against control decks. Um, and uh, Raptor, uh, Josh started in. He was like, "Hmm, that that does sound really good. I want to try it out in the main deck." And as soon as we, you know, first Stone Mystic for a Sword of Feast and Famine and, and connected with it, we were like, "Holy shit, this is insane!" <laughs> and that's sort of where the deck came from. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it, it really, it really was like, you know, as soon as someone actually experienced what, what that was like. You know, their, their opponents just, like, look of utter horror and and <laughs> as they discarded all of their cards, being hit by, a, you know, whatever it was, as just all your lands were untapped. So, I mean, like, you, you know, obviously I was I was one of, you know, the sort of the, the people who was instrumental in the, the development and creation of that. But, you know, like, I, as I was saying, you know, I, I end up getting a lot more credit, and a lot of people who are sort of, uh, you know, also had a big role in it, you know, don't, don't really get uh, nearly as much credit because their name isn't out there so much.
0: All right. So, I have a... Uh, I have a quick question, actually, regarding one of those crazy moments um, that you've experienced in the game that we all kind of had the capacity to share alongside of you. You know, with all of the innovations that have been made in coverage. So, sure. like, what exactly went
1: through your head in the exact moment that John didn't block? Um, well, I, I was I was so sure that I had I had lost that game. And, th- you know, I was, I was just like, okay, well, you know, I, well, I wasn't so sure because I, I figured he probably had something to stop on my Galvanic Blast, and when I drew the third Galvanic Blast, you know, I was just like, you know, oh, well, maybe I can actually win this game, because I was so far behind. Um, and then when he didn't block, I was like, all right, well, you know, that just means that it's, that's even safer for me to go for it. And then, you know, when my third Galvanic Blast resolved, I was like, that, really just happened like you know especially when i sort of look at like recreate what would have happened in the game when he when he put down his hand i was like why didn't you block i'm just like i, I don't you know it was it was pretty baffling especially because it's john yeah. you know, it's not like i'm just playing against some you know random person who happened to you know make top eight or whatever like this is john fucking finkel <laughs> you know like he, he he's the person who you know back in the day people talk used to talk about you know the the fff the finkel fear factor yeah you know, there's there was there was, a, there was a story about when he was playing against someone and this is a real story. I think it was in Worlds one year, and Figgler had Wandering Eye in play, which so both players like have to play with their hands face up. Um, And uh, John's opponent like drew a card, and John was just like, "Yes!" You know, like making this like excited sort of uh, reaction to the card. And the card actually lets his opponent win the game, but he was so convinced that John's sort of little celebration meant that, oh well, John knows I can't win now that he just conceded. What? Like, that was that was the degree to which, you know, John John had, like, this sort of sway over people just by you know, his, the mere fact of being him. And, you know, this is the same person who didn't block and let me win the Pro Tour. So it, it, was, it was pretty sweet, to say the least.
0: So, like, in that moment, aside from the fact that you knew you had, like, the trip Galvanic Blast, like, are you looking at him going, like, did you have that moment where you go, fuck me, I'm
1: dead? Like, he's totally got it. I, I didn't just have it that once. I had it twice. I had it the, the game before when I had to draw the whip flare. Yeah, that's no. true. I was just like, oh, shit, I guess third place is pretty good. Then it's like, oh, <laughs> we'll beat you.
3: <laughs> Did you give him shit for that after? You know, I mean,
1: in that sort of situation, it's I mean, there, there are so many things going through your head that, that it's very easy to make a, you know, a slight miscalculation. Like, he, he thought he was playing around Vintorno-type. And the, the chances that I have one of my Inferno Titans is substantially higher than than me having three Galvanic Blast.
2: <laughs> um
1: but the way that the way that it actually works out, if you if you work through all of the possibilities that even if I have Inferno Titan, he can manually to tap me out and then just kill me in the next turn. So, you know, Inferno Titan doesn't end up doing it and he but he has sort of convinced himself that he needed to play this way because of Inferno Titan, um to to make sure he still had lethal. Um and but you know he could've he could have still managed to maneuver in such a way that, that he kills me anyway so he had sort of locked himself into a line of play and just didn't get out of it i mean that happens to that happens to me too so i mean like you know it's it's clearly not something that i'm gonna i'm gonna give him shit about
0: so is that sort of how you account for i don't know you're showing a gp columbus for example uh I'm, well, I'm, he, I'm, to-
1: I'm just trolling you you didn't do so well no, I I mean I I did I did badly at GP Columbus. I, I mean I felt like I pr- I got pretty unlucky there. But though I did make also make a couple mistakes. So okay,
0: so okay. Um, quick segue question: If you had a choice and you could play one format forever, like is it constructed or limited? And which one?
1: I'd rather play constructed by a lot. Um, lots of pro players really like limited because I think mostly because they're lazy. you suck on
5: that lazy pros?
1: Seriously. <laughs> Most most people when you, most pros when you talk about, talk to them, they're like you know they don't like playtesting for for constructed because they feel like it feels like work, whereas like playing a new draft every time seems more fun to them than just like grinding out a matchup or whatever, and I understand that, but like I find the problem solving element of building decks and sort of metagaming and constructed to be the part of magic that I find most enjoyable, so you know i I certainly would rather be constantly trying to find these new solutions than you know just drafting all the time. That, and that totally shows through as well in
0: a lot of the deck choices that you make and how well you you commit to those choices right like it's very it's not very often that we will see you playing you know the default best deck unless it is leaps and bounds you know the best deck that is just doesn't have any other solution like i look at coblade for example right but I played Blue, Black, and Factor in
1: conflict. I guess there's <laughs> that too, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's true. That wasn't necessarily because I thought it was better. That was because I was just, like, you know, trying to find solutions. So. Yeah. But, I mean, like, your love
0: of uh, investment in Daybreak Ranger is well documented. So... Um, Okay, so ultimately yeah, people... what a mistake that was. Uh, <laughs> not like Delver is like clearly the best card. Uh, okay, so <laughs> so obviously people make the game, right? Like, I mean, y- you came back to the game for people. You came back to try to win your shot at the Hall of Fame, right? Um, who are some of your favorite people that you realize you missed the most coming back to this game? or Or that are your favorite people today that you've
1: met through oh. this? Ben Rubin's probably the person who sort of had the, the most influence on me, um, sort of in my earlier time in the pro tour. I mean, we worked together a lot, like both before I started playing again and after I uh, after I started playing again. Um, and uh, you know, Ben and I sort of tested pretty much solo together for a, you know a lot of a lot of events. Um, and you know, it, it's a bummer to me that that he's not playing anymore because he's uh, he's down in Curacao, um, but you know, he was he was definitely a, you know, a big. Uh, he, 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 lived in San Diego too, which is actually really interesting because when I started playing, when I you know, played with him before, he lived in California and I lived out in the East coast. Um, uh, and then I actually was able to like, you know, test with him, uh, in person more, which is, you know, which is also really cool. A lot of people who I, you know, had been really good friends with, uh, years ago when I started playing or when I was playing, uh, really don't play that much anymore. And, you know, it's, it's sort of a bummer. Like, you know, it's, it's great that John's back. Cause you know, I've, I've, I've known John for years and years and years. That's John Finkel. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I and, thought you were uh, talking about me. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, uh, uh, like, Bob Maher, you know, I used to hang out with him a lot at tournaments and everything, and now I pretty much, you know, see him at conventions doing business stuff uh, because, you know, he's, he uh, is a works, either owns, distribution company, and, we you know, we do, do business with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, nowadays, you know, uh, I, I really like hanging out with, like, LSB, Dave Williams. Uh, Dave's been a friend of mine since we were, like, 15, too. Nice. Um, so, I mean, like, it, it's... It, Magic just has such a such a broad you know scope of just like awesome people. I mean, pretty much all of my best friends I originally you know, met through Magic. All the people who I work with now I met through Magic. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's it. I, I don't really know, you know, what the hell I'd be doing if weren't for, for Magic. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you
0: obviously are writing for Star City Games, and as soon as you came back, that seems to be sort of where you settled. Uh, you know, with your premium gig, uh, and yet you work. With uh, all of Channel Fireball, as far as testing team goes. Now, I know that, you know, before Star City Games put out their whole blue-black, you know, team split, um, and, you know, everybody was working as one team, uh, you know, here in the States, but, you know, with the odd Juza and stuff like that thrown in. But, like, even now, Star City Games put out their, their blue-black and black teams, you're still playing with the Fireball guys. Is there... You know, maybe something going on. Like, I mean, are you riding out a contract here, or like,
1: what's going on? The 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 group that I test with really has no association with you know the the website I write for. Um, I mean, that's it's a lot of people see the you know the the t shirts and uh, and whatnot, and you know sort of make those associations. Uh, you know, I mean, I I wear a Star City shirt when I'm playing, despite you know the fact that, uh, that I I'm, that I'm working with most of the Channel Fireball guys. Um, and I mean, it's really it's really. Uh, as far as the the writing and sponsorship stuff goes, uh, it's really just a business decision. You know, I'm 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 sticking with you know Star City. They they've been really good to me. Um, and you know, Pete's great, and they they're you know they treat all their their writers or or at least me. I can't actually speak for all the writers. <laughs> 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 <You know>? um, <laughs> I mean, I don't want I don't want to you know make, make so sort of, like a claim that that someone might dispute, but you know they, they've been they've been great to me over the years. And yeah, uh, you know, I, I mean, really, ultimately, what it was is that uh. When, you know, I, like I said, I, I had been just testing with, with Ben Rubin when I started playing again on the Pro Tour. And, you know, we, we, when we got to Honolulu, you know, we, we started collaborating with the people who we were staying with in the Beach House. Yeah. Uh, and then for Austin, you know, we we had a uh, similar situation. I was testing a bunch of Ben in person beforehand uh, and then met up and was testing with the people who were staying with, just like Chapin, uh, MJ, uh, Sperling, Reitzel, et cetera. Uh, yeah. And then basically once once Ben moved, I just didn't have anyone to play with. Um, and I you know was sort of reached out to Luis, uh, you know, wanting to have a group to test with.
0: Yeah, you guys all lived fairly close at that point, right? Like, I mean, it's all California.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I live in SoCal; they live in NorCal, so right. you know, it's there's there's a, there's a pretty uh, a pretty substantial you know distance between us. But uh, you know, I I was working in Reitzel and had had worked with them for you know, previous events, um, and they were you know they they had been working with uh, with the Channel Fireball guys you know we we were we were successful and you know continued to continue to test together um recently you know particularly in Barcelona you know that sort of has has fallen apart a little bit um you know and, and uh, there, there were some sort of questions about you know what the future of the the team was going to be but uh you know right now I don't really have any plans to change anything
0: okay okay um we've talked to some of the members from channel firewall. Uh, we've, we've had actually quite a few of them here on the show. So, you know, most notably, you know, Tom Martel, you know, and, uh, Owen. Tom Martel. Oh, pa-
3: Paulo would probably be most notably, right? Pa-
0: Paulo, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, Paulo's less notable than Tom <laughs> So, you know, but like we, so we, we've had, you know, the opportunity to, to kind of get, you know, occasional glimpses sort of into some of the testing windows and, and, Almost all of them have unanimous, unanimously hailed you as being an excellent villain during the testing process. So like would you sort of agree with that?
1: Like an excellent villain.
0: Yeah. Mean? So like playing the playing the villain deck, like here's all of our brews and we're just going to play against the villain deck and you're, you know, grinding the Jun deck or grinding or whatever and uh, and they say that you you play an excellent villain in
1: the testing role. Were they were they talking about someone who's not me? Because that doesn't sound like something <laughs> anyone Really? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, like I, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm like typically, you know, one of the people who's constantly, you know, trying to, you know, tweak new decks, try new things, um, and you know, I mean, I, I, I certainly will play, you know, that sort of enemy from time to time, but I, I don't think that's generally my role in testing.
0: Okay, so that's, so that's good.
1: So uh, you're then... calling them
3: all liars then?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm saying that maybe they were talking about, for instance, David Ochoa or. Someone, because <laughs> if I were to, you know, describe someone who I think, you know, sort of is the, the, you know, ultimate villain of the, the sort of, uh, Fireball testing, it's, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be a web because he ends up, you know, sort of being the pilot for Delver or whatever it is more often than not. Okay. Now,
3: now what would you describe yourself as, since you're definitely not the villain? On oh, the hero. You, the, I'm the hero. hero.
1: Sure. No, no, there's
3: well, only room for one hero. There's only one the, for okay. one hero on this show. Yeah, that's me, bro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but no, that's, that's actually a really good question, John. Like, um, so there's, there's the brewer, there's the brewer, there's the tuner, and then there's, you know, the villains. You are more of a brewer than a tuner, you'd say?
1: I mean, I, you know, I would say that, you know, I, I do both of those things. Um, basically, I, you know, I'm constantly looking for, you know, ways to sort of tweak any, any given, uh, any given matchup. Not necessarily just look for you know, sort of a big new idea. You know, I would say, as far as like brewers, like the way when I sort of think of think of brewers, you know, someone who's like trying to find, uh, you know, specific sort of off the radar things to uh to get to work or whatever. Like you know, like Conley, for example, ends up brewing, out, brewing up a lot of decks because you know that's sort of what he's what he what he what he likes to do. He's like sure. looking to find sort of off you know off the radar things and uh, and build around them. And I'm mostly just looking to target what I think are sort of the weaknesses in in, in the meta game and you know figure out the ways. To sort of exploit the, the, the consistent um, sort of failings that that all the top decks have.
0: Okay. That's fair. All right. So I have two ways to go here at this point. And you know what? I'm going to let Jay decide sort of where we go next. How does that sound? So I I can talk about your well, – we can talk about your game design and we can talk about, you know, uh, Ascension and soulforge and all that stuff. Or we can talk about uh, your streaming, which leads into your drunk streaming, which leads <laughs> into hearing the story from your perspective about Kyoto with the girl that was eating your face.
1: Oh God! Um, so <laughs> wasn't really much of a, that wasn't really much of a story so much as just like a a, a photo catalog that. <laughs> <but. laughs>
3: Yeah, pictures tales a thousand. It really, words, right? That
1: really isn't much of a story. I, you know, I, I hate to disappoint. No, 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 that's fair. But but we <laughs> we'll actually get,
3: we'll get back to that. I mean, come on, we're not gonna let you off the hook that easy. Yeah. All right.
0: All right. All right. So Jay, what do you what do you want to hear about from from Brian here? Oh,
5: it doesn't matter. Whatever um, Brian uh, wants to to talk about.
3: I want to hear about Soulforge because all this pro tour talk is just boring as shit. All
0: right. Sure. Let's go. All right. So so you obviously uh, so you left. You went to Upper Deck. You worked on both Chaotic and World of Warcraft. Uh,
1: well, at Upper Deck, I worked. I, I first worked on versus system. Uh, right. I actually uh, originally got uh got a job offer from Upper Deck after I won the first versus system. Pro I supposed to say game. was that before or after
0: you won the forty k for that? Right. It was. It was. Uh. That was
1: afterwards. It was actually yeah, okay. Ben Rubin was actually working at Upper Deck and just sort of messaged me on AIM one night. It Was like, you know, hey buddy, want to come make games? And I was like, sure.
0: Nice. Okay. So so you were doing that now. Obviously, Ascension is like an entirely different demon, right? Mm-hmm. Like it has just exploded within the magic population Absolutely. and and beyond um yeah. i mean it's been so successful you obviously it spawned a, a full expansion uh you know you've, you've ex- expanses, actually yeah you've expanded into yeah. ipad and iphone like this is this is crazy like this is a whole phenomenon like how did this come about and and so, how proud are you really? Like this is I mean, crazy.
1: Ascension's great. I mean, it's you know, as as I was mentioning before, uh, you know, the 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 main credit for Ascension really uh really goes to Justin Gary uh, and John Firillo. Uh it was it was Justin's baby from the beginning. Basically, um we had me and Justin and John had all worked together at Upper Deck. Justin was the uh the the lead lead designer of the Wow Minis game, uh which you know, the unfortunately short-lived Wow Minis game when it it came to uh you know, when it sort of d- fell off the radar, when, when upper deck lost the, the wild licenses et cetera. Um, but he, he left upper deck to, to found his own company because he was you know sick of being an upper deck. Basically it wasn't exactly the best place to work for various reasons. Um, and then, you know, it basically was re- re- recruiting, recruited John t- to also leave upper deck, come work with him. And then, uh, I ended up going to work with them as well. Probably I want to say six months later or so. Um, and at that point, Justin had been working on Ascension for a while. Sort of, it was uh, a game that he had designed uh, in the, in the sort of the, the vein of Dominion. For anyone who's you know, familiar with the deck building genre, it was basically Ooh. created by Dominion. Um, and more or less, Ascension was Justin's attempt to make uh, a game in using the shell of Dominion, that without all of what you know, he and many people um, sort of perceive as as the flaws of Dominion. You know, a lot of things that make the game uh, a lot less sort of accessible to the average player and really a lot less fun in, in at least my opinion and, you know, sort of our collective opinion among us those who work in the game. Um, and it was, it's just, it was just totally, you know, self, uh, self-funded, self-published, you know, we, we put it out um, and, you know, got such an awesome reception that, you know, it we were able to, you know, make an expansion, then make another expansion. then you know, this company contacted us uh, wanting to make the the game on, you know, iPhone or iPad, and we're like, awesome, that sounds great. Um, so it, it's really just sort of uh, continued from there and gotten, you know, more and more popular, uh, and, you know, we're super thrilled about it because, you know, we love the game, um, and it's, it, it's a blast to work on and, and keep making new sets for and everything. Um, and it's, you know, afforded us a lot of opportunities as well, uh, you know, because the sort of uh, the recognition and, uh, you know, that we've gotten as a result of having a game, you know, that successful on, you know, sort of multiple platforms has given us a lot of other opportunities.
0: So chief among those, obviously, uh, you know, aside from your your early success on the tour and, and your, you know, experience and, and friendships that you cultivated, like Mike Turian and, and those sorts of guys that are all working at Watsi. And, of course, Richard Garfield, which, mm-hmm. you know, that, I guess, in conjunction with your, you know, wild success with Ascension, looks like it's spawning something really exciting.
1: Uh yeah so we uh we actually uh, as I as I alluded to at the beginning or actually I have to said it rather than alluding to it um we actually just announced uh our our new game uh called Soulforge uh it's a a digital collectible game so basically the equivalent of something like uh, like Magic Online um but usable on mobile devices so you know, for everyone who's ever complained that they can't play like Magic Online on their you know iPad or iPhone it's like well Soulforge is basically going to be what you're looking for um and we we have a, a Kickstarter that's currently up uh because you know while we have been very successful making uh, ascension and you know some, a lot of our other design projects uh you know we're still a very small company uh, as 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 we say in the uh, in our kickstarter video you know we literally still work out of my living room so uh you know it, it's it's a a pretty ambitious project and uh you know we're we're looking to, to to try and get some help funding it uh via kickstarter so
0: nice so what else can you share with us about the game or the concept uh, i mean uh, like a lot actually
1: yeah we, go we ahead. we've we've now announced everything so uh <laughs> I, I, it's funny cuz this has been this has been the, really sort of the big exciting thing that i've been working on for the past year um and you know i i have alluded to it a few times you know, in in various conversations and things and i've always I've just wanted to talk about it and especially as it's gotten closer and closer you know i've wanted to be able to talk about it a lot so it, it's great to actually be able to discuss specifics about it because you know i've been super excited about it for a long time um but basically, it's, it's a, a, uh, a game that's it's specifically designed to be played uh, digitally and, and mobily. A game like, you know, again, sort of like Magic Online, to make a comparison, uh, Magic Online isn't a game that's really made to be played on a computer or you know, on, mo- on a mobile device at all. Uh, it, it has a ton, of, uh, a ton of baggage that is associated with the fact that it's, it's Magic that's a game that's meant to be played with paper cards. You know all the things like priority passes and you know the various all the various like little timing things that you need to be able to do that are really obnoxious to do in the computer. Um, that you know, if the game were specifically designed for you know to be a digital game, you know these just wouldn't be things that you did. Uh, I actually we actually started working on uh, a digital game uh, you know concept years ago at Upper Deck. So I thought about you know that, that really got shelved and never happened. So I, I thought about you know the 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 important elements of having a successful digital game a lot. And the sort of things, you know, okay, well, if I were to make a, you know, a physical game versus a digital game, like, what would I do? Um, and one of the cool things in Soulforge, uh the sort of the, the core mechanic of the game uh, is that cards transform. And the fact that uh, the, you aren't actually playing with physical cards using these sort of these, these, you know, digital representations that, uh, you know, can do whatever they want because they're not, you know, a physical piece of paper that you have to shuffle into a deck. So when you play a card in Soulforge, the basic mechanic, let me, let me sort of break it down from the beginning. Each player has a deck of 40 cards, and at each turn, each player draws five cards. So, sort of like in, in Ascension, you know, you'll you'll draw five cards a turn. Uh, and in this game, you play two of them a turn. So, you'll have a, a hand of five cards, and you can choose and play two of them, and the the rest go to your discard pile. Uh, at every turn, you're drawing five cards and playing two, and every four turns, you reshuffle your deck and you draw again from the new pile. And the reason you do that is so. Say I play, uh, you know, a, a level one of this dragon card, which is a dragon egg. And then you know it'll put a dragon into play, and then later on I'll reshuffle, and the next time I draw it, it'll be a dragon welt. So this is the sort of thing that you can't really do with physical cards, because you know the actual card as it after it's shuffling to your deck is something different. So we we found a bunch of different things like that that have been uh, have been ways that you know we can we can sort of exploit the fact that we don't really need to play with paper anymore. But that also That's means you'll never, get to,
3: you'll never get to play it with paper though, right?
1: Uh we yeah, we're not we're not making a physical version of Who this cares? game.
5: Who cares? The future is now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Shut up, Medina. <laughs> oh. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I've, I've played Magic for years. I, you know, I, I love you know playing Magic, and and you know have obviously with my sort of uh, obsessive compulsive shuffling, I, I like the tactile sensation of cards in my hand. Um, I'm coming but, to that
0: later, by the way. <laughs> but yeah,
1: uh, you know, this this it lets us do so many cool things. Like, imagine if in Magic you could have a card that was guaranteed to be in the top ten, car- 10 cards in your deck every game. say it was a keyword like reliable you know you you can't do that in a physical game without some sort of you know ridiculous like weird (laughs) okay you set this aside now you shuffle your deck now you roll a die and but in this game you could just do that cards like illusionary mask and magic that you know like you okay well this is supposed to be secret but it can't really be secret because the game has to be able to track this you basically need third-party arbitration you can do that in a digital game you can have stealth you can have you know also you can have like traps that go in particular places that your opponent doesn't know about. Oh, like, all these things insane. are things that you can do in a digital game that if you had a a physical, you know, version of that game, that you had to try and figure out how you were going to handle them, you wouldn't be able to do. So, you know, we're, we're really using the, the, the digital space as best we can and sort of taking advantage of all these really cool things that we can do that wouldn't be possible in a physical game. Wow.
3: Blew my mind. Just blew my mind. <laughs> 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 so, um, so when when did you release all this information about the Soul Forge? I haven't looked at any of it, I'll be honest. Um I mean you're just kind of piquing my you're you're, you're my interest right now, I'll tell you the good, truth. Good. Yeah. Yeah, actually so,
5: I have to be honest as well and say that I really was like before. <laughs> and now I'm like, woo.
3: So and I've I've played a lot of Ascension on the iPad. That's actually pretty much the only place I actually play Ascension. It's where I learn how to play. And uh and I love it. So um, when can we get this game
1: right now we we are in the we, we have uh, like physical prototypes of the game we 've done a lot of the initial pro- uh, some of the initial programming for a uh, a demo that we 're going to have at Gencon um, so we 're going to have a playable demo at Gencon and at pax prime in Seattle um, but the game itself uh it you know is uh is you know sort of off in terms of actually being you know, fully programmed. We have, you know, these, these, these bits uh, and pieces that we're able to show, you know, that of these specific vertical slices of the game, um, but, you know, we, we are, I mean, the reason that we're on Kickstarter is because, you know, we, we need to, to be able to uh, raise the, the resources to actually get this game programmed. You know, we, we are game designers. We're not programmers, and uh, we, you know, we're, we're looking to the, the community to uh, help make that happen.
0: So in addition to, you know, all of the fantastic access that we're going to have to the game, the, you guys have also kind of thrown out
1: some rewards as well, like for people that pledge certain yeah. thresholds? So that's, I mean, that's pretty much the way Kickstarter works. Kickstarter is a, a, a crowdfunding site where, where people can, uh, can contribute some amount of money to make a project happen. Um, and they get some sort of reward based on, you know, what they contribute. Uh we have you know at our at our uh lower levels of contribution, we have things like, you know, you get access to our beta, so you'll you'll be able to play the game you know, before anyone else. You'll have, you know, access to our sort of uh backer only forums where you get like advanced information, et cetera, et cetera. As well as you know things like uh you know, like free uh free cards when you start at the game, uh you know, various like forum avatars, whatever. Uh, and at our at our hundred dollar donation level, which I think is probably our best deal, um you get all, a bunch of free stuff in addition to just $100 worth of store credit in our game when it goes live. So you know, if, if, you, if you plan on checking out the game, pretty much at all, you know, that's, that's a, a, a level of uh, a contribution that you, know, you, you get your money back and more. Um, then we have various cool, you know, super cool rewards for people who, who you know, want to donate uh, bigger amounts. At $1,000, uh, you can become a, a card in the game. We'll commission art of you um, and add it to, to our world. Is oh man, that, I'm doing that shit. Is too. that is that realistic?
4: <laughs> there's idea, there's a lot of there's a lot of
1: buzz too. Like apparently there's there's
0: some movements to get uh, Christine Sprankle into, yeah, she, into she the was,
1: game. <laughs> she was talking about starting a Kickstarter to fund you know our Kickstarter. It's like yeah. you know, Kickception or whatever. Like Kickstarter to fund the Kickstarter to fund the Kickstarter. Tell me and then more we about that Kickstarter money card. To buy Kickstarter.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about getting this card right. Like if I want to be a card in your game. Mm i pay a pay a thousand dollars right and then how do you how do i get to what do i tell you like anything or do you just
1: don't make me (laughs) fat (laughs) (laughs) well i mean like basically the uh and and all of these things by the way include every sort of donation level above it so it's like if you donate a thousand dollars you get like everything you know the 500 250 100 level all these things as well um and, but yeah, if you, if you donate for that one, uh, we'll, you know, you get to send us, uh, you know, an image that we'll, we'll send to our artists and they will, uh, they will make you into a card and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll certainly take, uh, you know, requests of like, you know, what kind of character you want to be, what faction, whatever. Um, and you know, we'll, you'll get a chance to, uh, to see the art before it's actually on a card. Um. And you know, I, I'm sure that if if something comes back horrible, that you know we would uh we'd be <laughs> we would fix it. But uh, you know, no no sort of void mage prodigy for for Kai sort of things going on. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like we you know we we wanted this to be something that, that that people you know feel really good about, and they they you know they think it's really cool that they get for donating. So
4: no, oh, that you know, sounds awesome, John. You have to you have to be the single top donor.
0: Yeah, see, I don't know well, if yeah, you're that, aware that, of this. So <laughs> so there's there's some really sweet ones when you really get up there. See,
1: as as yeah, as you go up there, at, at, at twenty five hundred we have like a a reward where uh people can have dinner with our team and uh Richard Garfield at uh Gen Con next year. Then at uh, at thirty five hundred dollars there's actually a level where you get uh magic lessons with me.
0: And this, so if anyone was ever wondering, okay, <laughs> if if Brian Kibler as an escort had a price it's about thirty five hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> well, it's actually, it's actually, you get every level below that, so it's a thousand from that. So, if you want to, you know, sort of count it directly as that, yeah, you know, sure, whatever. You can, you can buy me for thirty five hundred dollars. Go for there it. There you go. So. <laughs> uh, but then at the at the five thousand level, uh, well, you get to fly out here and uh, and design cards with us for one of the upcoming expansions. And then the, t- the ten thousand level is that we will make you into a major character in our storyline for Soul Forge. Uh, so, you know, you'd be basically a, a character that other players would interact with uh, over the course of the story. That would be, you know, character fashioned after you and everything, or someone you want. Uh, and then our, our our number one top donator uh, gets <laughs> to be a character in every game we ever make, including Soul Forge, Ascension, and everything that we do in the future.
3: <laughs> Come <Wow>. on, John. <laughs> I think it's a little too rich for my blood, man.
2: <laughs> it's too rich. I mean... Like, like immortalized
0: forever in everything. <laughs> Like, I've that's gonna about th- it. like, that's not going to be David Williams by the time we're done here, right? Like, seriously?
3: Yeah, I'm not going to battle David Williams. No. You this now,
0: in, all, in all fairness, though, <laughs> did you see the rock that he just got engaged with? No, I didn't. Holy crap. That thing could, like, sink a ship. It's huge. I don't pay <laughs> to
3: stuff like that. I'm a guy.
0: Yeah. Well, he posted it on Twitter, and you got to give him the congrats, right? Like, I don't know he, if you've met Scotty
5: yeah. Mac before, but he's a traditional guy. Which is to say that he is a modern woman.
3: <laughs> oh man! Wow. So yeah, I I would like to uh, I'd like to promote this by uh, twittering about it. Soul Forge. I it's I so much want to click on the play button. So wait, it's Sun Forge or Soul Forge?
1: Soul Forge. S O L. But I mean Soul as in like you know the the Soul for Sun.
3: Okay. Cool.
1: Not Soul as in like you know someone's spirit or whatever.
3: So. Speaking of spirits and souls, this has nothing to do with that. Um, The question that I have, and this is probably a question like a lot of our listeners have. So you're a game designer, right? That's true. How do you get to be that?
1: Uh, Well, we've actually sort of, we're we're, we're discussing a while ago. It's like, oh, well, what what would you describe your job? It's like, well, my job is pretty much sit around and go, you know what would be sweet? And it's like people are, you know, everyone else's job is to say, yeah, either yeah, that would be sweet, or no, man, that sucks. Uh, that's that's basically what I do all day.
2: <laughs> but
1: uh, <laughs> I mean, pretty much how, you know, how I got, it, how I personally got into game design, um, you know, as I was saying before, you know, I, I was basically noticed as a as a competitive Magic player, um, and uh, you know, that's that's one of the best ways, at least in the sort of the TCG community, to to get into game design. Not necessarily as a competitive player, but as someone who is a you know community i mean you we've seen uh you know gavin virhe sam stoddard uh, you know get hired uh you know largely as a result of their community contributions uh whether writing or you know podcasting or whatever um and you know basically put themselves in a position to express the opinions and thoughts they had about magic and people listen um so you know if, if you're looking to get a job as a game designer you know things like you know a blog where you talk about game design things like you know podcasts, articles, et cetera. All these things are, are very good ways to, uh, to sort of get a, uh, sort of a foot into the industry.
3: Okay. That's, that's fine. I mean, people can make podcasts and blogs and Twitter and try to just reach out to people who will notice them, you know, but how do you know if you just maybe suck at game design? Like, yeah. you know, like well, what, a, how do you know what you're <laughs> blogging about is going to get noticed as good. Or maybe people will look at it and be like, dude, this guy's a dumbass. Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, it's certainly true. I mean, there's there's lots of people out there who are you know like, oh, I made this custom magic set, and you're like, dude, this is terrible. You know, like I've, I've had yeah, people exactly. come up to me, I've had people come up to me, you know, at, at conventions and stuff who are like, and we, we get we get you know people asking us to you know look at their games, or review their games, pretty consistently, and you know, a lot of these games are just really bad. Um, and you know, it's, I mean, really, you just have to you just have to show them to people who are willing to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, obviously it's tough if you don't know people who do have sort of game design chops um, to get, you know, both honest and accurate feedback. Um, but really, you know, sharing your ideas with people who are willing to to critique them is is, is really the best sort of thing. I mean, it's like, it's like being a writer or anything. You know, you're, you're only going to be able to, to sort of get a, a decent sense of your own skill at it if you open yourself up to criticism uh, among a group that actually knows what they're talking about.
3: Yeah, so you're you're saying like surround yourself with people who are also into game design, and try to try to bounce ideas off people that that are I guess good at game design or like that that at least have it going like have it going in the right direction.
1: I mean things like you know discussing things in like internet forums where people are all interested in game design. Like I I'm I'm a i am i am frequent the elitist jerks forum. Which is originally a, <laughs> it, well it's funny it's, the name is just really surprise funny. It, surprise is that, <laughs> is
5: that magic salvation or <laughs> it was,
1: it's actually it's actually a, a, originally a world of warcraft guild uh, it was it was the, the the name was sort of a joke because you know people were called like you know elitist jerks because they didn't want to like you know raid with these other people um but it sort of spawned a sort of uh game theory- you know not game theory in the sense of sort of mathematical game theory but sort of you know theory um and you know there's lots of people who are interested in, in you know, games and have lots of, uh, you know, interesting ideas about games that are, you know, shared in various discussion threads. There's also just, like, random bullshit discussion threads about all sorts of things. Um, but I mean, really sort of finding a community that 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 has similar interests uh, and, you know, getting feedback from them is probably your best bet.
3: Like, what kind of people do you want to be noticed by to get into the game design? Because I'm like, you're kind of giving me stuff from your perspective, but these people who are talking about who are listening and, like, interested in this conversation... They don't have your friends. They don't have oh. your play skill. You know what I mean? They, they're coming from, from nothing. They want to be a game designer. Like, how, how does, you know what I'm saying?
1: I mean, it really, it depends on what, what sort of, you know, game design, like, you want to do. I mean, if you're looking, you know, I imagine a lot of your listeners are, you know, magic players, TCG players, who, you know, are maybe looking to get into, you know, working on magic or working on, you know, similar sorts of games to magic um and i mean really sort of what i was talking about before with the you know the the community contributions writing about about magic i mean if you look at like again sort of you know, gavin verhey sam stoddard like they you know made their impression primarily through just expressing intelligent ideas about games um and you know i think i think that if you want to get into game design you 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 need to you find a community in which you can uh you know have those sort of ideas and bounce them off of people because mean if 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 you know you have you know whatever idea of you know what improved or whatever, um, and, you know, you, you never, you know, share it with someone who might be able to criticize it, you know, you're, you're never going to really have, you know, know whether other people might share this idea or think it's good, think it's bad, whatever. I mean, it's really just sort of, you know, sharing your, the ideas you have about games with people and getting feedback. I see. And learning from that feedback. Right, exactly.
3: So, what's your email address so these people can send you these ideas? <laughs> and-
1: <laughs> people, people, people send ideas to me uh, on Twitter if they if they like. I'm uh, I'm totally happy to to respond on Twitter because uh, they're, res-
3: they're restricted to 140 characters. That's it, why
1: <laughs> it makes a lot easier to respond to Twitter Twitter questions than it does something else. Does this game suck? Yep. Well, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> have you
0: have you fully unlinked your Facebook and Twitter now?
1: Uh, well, my, my Twitter is now linked to my, my, uh, public figure Facebook account. Okay. So it, yeah, it's, uh, it, it no longer goes my, pub- my private account. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, interestingly, I, I still have like tons of people who follow my, my personal account. Um, and I like accidentally posted something, you know, just some link publicly at one point and got like 150 comments on it. I was like, oh, oops. It was like, yeah, it, it ends up being sort of a deluge sometimes. What, what okay. was the link? It was actually uh, it was actually something about the whole Chick-fil-A situation.
2: Oh, oh nice.
1: Which, <laughs> so for the is... Canadians that are
5: listening, is not Chick-fil-A.
2: Chick-fil-A.
5: chick fil In Canada, we don't have Chick-fil-A. So we all
1: call it Chick-fil-A. <laughs> not Chick-fil-A. Just, just say different things, because it sounded like you said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: god damn it
3: <laughs> oh man so yeah so sometimes you forget that you're talking to like thousands of people is what you're saying
1: sort of yeah i mean like i mean it was totally unintentional was, i was just you know posting something you know for you know my friends because i mean it's you know as as someone who you know is is something of a every public figure which is still sort of weird to me even after you know however many years of you know playing magic and whatever um you know i i end up uh having to sort of separate you know my my sort of personal and 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 private life and you know i i actually originally the, the whole sort of impetus for that was uh, you know i i posted a picture uh when i was like at uh at a pre-release um of uh of you know a a female player uh mm-hmm. and there got like tons of you know like uh you know really sort of rude comments and then uh, yeah it, that all were instantly deleted when i told people that i'd be blocking them um, and, you know, I was just like, you know what, like, I want to be able to use my Facebook like a normal human being, as opposed to trying to, you know, like wade through all of this bullshit.
0: Now, it also should, you know, everyone should be aware, this was the most recent Geordie Tate-esque, like, <laughs> crusade source. Yes. Like, blame Kibler, again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that one. Uh, that was really recently, and it was, <laughs> it was like, uh. It was kind of, like, make-believe for me. Like, just, I don't know. People people got all pissed at me because I said, yeah, this is crazy that this is happening. I just can't believe it. And they're like, you're ignorant. And I'm just like, well, I just don't spend...
2: Well, I'm like, that's I don't, spend time. <laughs> I don't I mean, spend
3: time.
0: I don't spend time, like... Accurate.
3: Yeah, I mean, anyways, shut the fuck up, Jay. <laughs> oh,
0: children, children, Christ. Yeah, I remember hey, hey he's, he, he, started it. It.
3: <laughs> he
0: started it. He started it. Yeah, so, but... It, yeah, it it's just that whole, all of those situations just make my fucking skin crawl. I just think it's,
3: uh, I don't know, I just think it's dumb that people would just, like, not put a filter on their mouth. Like, okay, if you think something, then, like, at least run it by the filter and be like, how would this look in public if I put this in a public place? Like, that's the very least you can ask people to do, and they just don't do it. I don't know, man.
1: It, it is, it is pretty remarkable that, that, you know, the sort of stuff that people just like spew onto the internet without like, and it's, it's not even like, you know, this is some sort of like anonymous forum too. I mean, like maybe they're anonymous to most of the people because I don't know them, but it's just like, dude, you're fucking posting this on my Facebook. Dude, yeah, like, your have, Facebook. Have, have some, <laughs> I, I mean, my, my, like my resp- one of my responses is just like, you know, have some fucking respect. And it's just like whether, and you know, Sam Black responded, he's like, the great thing about that is like, you could mean respect for you, respect for her, respect for themselves, respect for... Any sort of modicum standard of decency, and it would all stop them from actually posting it if they had any of it, yeah. you know, any one of those. And yet here we are.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man.
0: Yeah. So speaking of people spewing random shit up on the internet, um, Jay, so you, what do you think? You you, <laughs> you, strangle, <laughs> you stream a lot, right, Brian? I do. It's yeah. Great. You've, uh, you know, you are very regularly popping up on my iPhone because I, I do follow your stream on my Twitch account and and you're very regularly popping up all oh, you streaming streaming again bm kibble streaming <laughs> so um you have undoubtedly um accomplished the most the first viral stream in the magic community <laughs> um there was uh the one night that you decided to come home drunk from wherever and start some drafts, and I think it was about a three-hour stream. I don't know how much of it you fell asleep <laughs> through, but like, can you talk to us a little bit about sort of what motivated you? to Just be like, yeah, fuck it, let's go, and then talk to talk about the response afterwards because they're epic.
1: Well, I mean, there's actually been a couple of these. There's, there's, I know there's the, the original one, but but yeah, basically, I I was out at uh, I was out at a club. Uh, I went to go see uh, Above and Beyond, uh, like one of my favorite uh, trance acts. And I come back from, from the club, and I'm like, you know what, I'm not really all that tired yet, so I'm just gonna have a couple more drinks. And you know, well, I, this is actually you know not long after I had pretty much started streaming, um, and somehow it seemed like a good idea at the time. You know what, the world needs to see this. You know, like <laughs> online, why not share it with everyone? You know, and uh, yeah, I, I you know I jumped on my stream, started playing around, like ended up like you know playing against like Brad Nelson. Uh, you know, he, he, like, came on and was, like, you know, trolling me with some, like, Slayer of the Wicked deck when I was playing some deck with, like, uh, uh, Daybreak Ranger. He was just, like, mm-hmm. playing a Slayer of the Wicked deck to just kill all my Daybreak Rangers. And I was no, just No, like, it was
3: the, it was that other creature, the two-drop that, uh... it, it was
1: both. He had both of them.
3: Oh, well, the Elite Inquisitor. <laughs> yeah, he actually, he actually yeah. had an
1: Elite Inquisitor and Slayer of the Wicked in his deck just to troll me. You know, and, and obviously, it's very effective trolling me because I'm I'm hammered at this point.
3: Yeah, and he was. <laughs> so, going, I remember this. You were getting uh, pissed off. You're like, and yeah, and I'm like seriously? yelling
1: at the you know at the screen. And like, <laughs> at, at one point, I was like, I was like talking about how you know Thrun was obviously the last troll because look at him. How how could he get laid? <laughs> oh my god! So, and you know, I I you know people people's response was just was just you know it was it was. It was very popular, to say the least. People were like, oh, my God, like, you know, linking it get around. Uh, and that was, yeah, that was really, you know, one of the first times that, like, yeah, like you were saying, you know, that, that I've, I've seen people really, like, linking to recordings of streams. Because, I mean, you know, streaming streaming's cool, streaming's fun. Uh, but, I mean, like, individual streams are rarely all that memorable, specifically, because, yeah. you know, you're playing some magic. And, you know, while, while there may be, you know, some, some interesting things that happen, you know, these, these aren't really sort of, uh, you know, like, Super Bowl moments or anything that are going on. People aren't going to go back and rewatch them most of the time. But uh you know, I, I think that this was, you know, a, a uh a different sort of moment for most people. So
3: I remember I stumbled upon it. Uh I was just like editing and working and stuff like I always do late at night. And I wasn't sleeping, I was just like cruising, and then you were like streaming or something like that on Twitter and I'm like, What? I'm like, I'm gonna get in here and just watch them Kibler while I'm like <laughs> working. And all of a sudden, like I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, Oh man, Kibler's drunk. And, and I'm just like watching you play, and you're like, you're like, seriously, you're not gonna win. You're seriously not gonna win. And, you just, and I'm just like, I'm like, this is freaking gold. So I started like, like putting it on Twitter, like, oh my gosh, Kipler's drunk and he's streaming right now. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, that was one of my first introductions to streaming because like I really um, didn't use streaming, and then you were on there, and I was just like doing stuff. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll watch a stream, you know. So after that I was like trying to watch all the streams cuz I'm like oh man how many of these dudes get drunk and then like not many None. of them get drunk. Not <laughs>
1: the answer to that. <laughs> it is it is it is a rarity even for me. So or at least I like to think so. So <laughs> you uh you recently had a
0: stream uh during the the last two weeks of cube drafting where you uh you weren't alone. <laughs> yes. You uh you were entertaining a a lady companion. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> how
1: erotic so did she leave before or after breakfast <laughs> <laughs> oh she, she 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 was she was actually here just before I came on the, the show so. hey <laughs> oh.
5: so this is a monogamous lady f- caller oh. Oh, yeah she
1: is she is my girlfriend <laughs> hey uh, oh, what's you up Christine so, like, you just broke all the girls hearts <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I, yeah. I, I actually I actually you know w- was was on uh, the, the, the coverage in uh uh, what was the last tournament? Columbus or whatever, you know, briefly, and you know, uh, I, after I bombed out of the tournament, uh, you know, she, like, text me, she's like, oh, does this mean you can come home early? And I was like, no, it doesn't mean I can come home early. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I was like, explaining that on the coverage, and I was just like, and also, by the way, you'd be very happy, I just referred to you as my girlfriend on the coverage for everyone to hear. So, <laughs> she's very aware of, you know, the the sort of the publicness of my, uh, my persona and everything, and, uh, you know, Consistently tags me in pictures me in pictures with her on Facebook all the time. So,
0: so, so I gotta ask, like, when you initially picked her up, did you go with the game designer line, or <laughs> did you go with the "I play a collectible card game
1: for a living" line? Oh, the the, the funny thing is, I, I actually I actually met her on on, uh, on OkCupid. Um, yes. And she, originally, the first time I ever met her met her was at Grand Prix Anaheim. She just came to the Grand Prix to come, you know, because I, I explained like all this thing, you know, what I did, you know, magic and everything. And yeah, you know, I, I was like really busy traveling tournaments and stuff. I'm like, well, you know, I'm around this weekend, but I'm gonna be at this tournament in Anaheim. And she came, she came by Anaheim, um, and you know, hung out with me after I lost. She actually came right, like, right when I made top eight, which was pretty sweet, you know. It's like, hey, you know, here, like, first impression. <laughs> I'm awesome at this. <laughs>
2: I am so
5: the best. And then,
1: and so and like, then, while, then while then you're talking to her, what?
3: While you're talking to her, like guys are coming up to you, right and being like, hey, congratulations, man. Right? All that kind of stuff's going yeah,
1: on? Yeah. It was It was definitely sort of, you know, people coming up to me asking me for my autograph and stuff, and she's just like, uh, what? This is such a strange world. Oh, excellent. man, that's
3: awesome. <laughs>
0: so good.
1: Yeah, okay. That's awesome. But yeah.
3: So. That's funny. Uh, when I was in, uh, I went to, the only the only magic tournament I went to with my wife was Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went there, and she wanted to come see me play. So, like, she was there with, with one of my other friends named Leah, and uh they both came to the tournament site. Like after I had already like got in, like went myself, then they came to the tournament site looking for me to watch me play. So they start asking people like, Hey, uh, do you know where Jonathan Medina is? And people are like, yeah, I don't know who the hell that guy is, you know? So when they finally (laughs) find me, when they finally find me, they're like, hey, man, I thought you were popular. We asked, like, ten <laughs> dudes, and they don't know the hell you are.
1: <laughs> I was oh, like, so... uh,
3: you asked the wrong guys, man. <laughs> I don't know what's, what's going on. should have asked
1: the guys with binders, not the guys who are actually playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's wicked.
0: So, uh, you obviously have made uh, some good strides this year in terms of successes. You are the leader of the U.S. team for the World Magic Cup. Um, you were, uh, you know, the number one seed after, uh, you know, in the States. You have a, an unreal team, right? Or at least most of an unreal team in front of you. Um, have you guys started testing yet? Or
1: have you started looking at any of this? Like, where are you at with all of that? Uh, we, we have a, a Facebook group that we, we discuss stuff on. We haven't, we haven't really started doing much testing yet. Uh, you know, M13 just came out of Magic Online, and we're all sort of scattered across the country um so you know we haven't really had any chance to test uh together yet uh but we certainly have plans to to start testing on magic online really soon
0: nice modern obviously is a big piece of that
1: uh, uh modern modern is is only the, the format for the players championship really It's one of the one person plays modern at the at the world cup but modern is the main constructed format of players championship
0: okay so that was the one because i one of your articles recently the one where you were talking about your door and list after columbus and the changes yep. you make you had indicated that you know, it is it is very important to you. Um, have you sort of started to actually put the work into that to to look at it? I mean, are you
1: not so much? Um, I'm actually uh, I'm actually testing for that particular tournament with with uh, with Finkel. Um, oh, nice. The the, the sort of the, the the testing arrangements for the Players Championship when uh, half of the tournament was our existing test team was a little awkward
2: because
1: <laughs> mm. you know certain people were like, well, you know, I don't want I don't want to like you know to test with half the tournament because it would be it would be just you know lame like. And then other people sort of, you know, had the, 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 you know, perspective that basically, you know, they thought they, you know, they might do, you know, more work to on these decks that other people, you know, they, they'd be then giving to other people who are going to beat them. Yeah. And, you know, that, that is, that's one thing in a, you know, a 300 person field is something totally different in a 16 person field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we ended up just splitting up into, into various groups and, uh. I uh, I talked to John and uh, I am flying out from um, Indy uh, after after the World Magic Cup, staying at his place in New York for that week, then going to the Grand Prix in Boston, then going to the Players Championship.
0: That's awesome!
1: Of all people to work with, that's
0: fantastic.
1: So yeah, yeah. I mean, John John also didn't really have anyone else to work with because none of his none of his usual you know test team was qualified. So mm-hmm. you know he was definitely very receptive to the idea of uh, you know getting together and uh, and breaking it. Sweet.
0: So um, I I've a couple randoms. Can you recount for us? Well, no, I'll just ask you first. The 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 glaring, you know, one on the wall. Why is why have you taken until now to do any podcasts? Like are just none of them worth your time,
1: or do you just have nothing to say? Like well, none of them but be- one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, frankly, I'm, I'm I'm really really busy. Um, I you know I I have. My commitments with you know game design, then testing for tournaments and everything like that that takes up you know a lot of my time. Um, and uh, you know I've gotten various offers that have conflicted with you know times that I'm traveling and things like that. And I mean I mean honestly, just it hasn't been a priority to me to um, to really you know make a point of getting out there for for you know the podcasting community. But I mean you know, to be to be perfectly honest, one of the big reasons I agreed to do this is because you know Soulforge just announced and we wanted to be able to to share some news of that with the world. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's something I might, you know, sort of get into more frequently cause I'm having a good time now. So <laughs> good. Excellent.
5: I mean, you could retire on top if you wanted and not do anymore.
1: I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't
2: be
5: opposed to that, but.
1: but. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, as I was saying, like, I, I'm re- really busy. It may seem like, you know, oh, I'm just streaming sometimes or whatever. Like, you know, I obviously have time. Um, but I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, even when I'm not sort of, you know, working on uh, on game design stuff, you know, preparing for tournaments and uh, doing, you know, various sort of promotional stuff for our games, you know, it really does take up a lot of time, so.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of people don't know what goes on behind the scenes, you know? If right. they see you, like, on Twitter or something like that, they're probably just not understanding that there's, like, infinite things going on, you know? Well, to yeah, a lot it, of people, it,
5: too, like, they don't understand that this is probably, like, uh, like your job right like it's 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 still kind of is a new professional gaming is still like a new thing in the world yeah. you know what i mean
1: i mean yeah you know, i i sort of split my time you know when people are like oh you're a professional magic player it's like well you know i i write about magic you know additional sort of job on top of that that takes up even more time so you know the the, the combination of the commitments and stuff uh really leaving me with uh, not all that much time you know like i during the week, you know I, I basically spend you know one night writing an article, one night making a video, you know after after getting done with work, and you know i I definitely cherish the time I have to just sort of relax. know <laughs> so I usually spend that time streaming instead
0: nice so uh, I actually have um a, a question from one of our our Twitter followers. And they wanted to know if you feel like your drinking on your stream actually improves your playing ability <laughs> or whether, you know, it's definitely a detriment.
1: Well, um, considering I clicked through my first turn once, uh, <laughs> not, not even like F6 through my first turn. I actually just like clicked every just phase. Clicked the <laughs> yeah, just clicked a button? Yeah, it was like, uh, Okay. Okay. This is this is of course after like <laughs> mulliganing the stone nuts, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I, I think I you probably win, like, win yeah, less. What I guess. Probably okay. Probably a little bit less. All main right, all phase, right. like, oh, so, okay, it's nice. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm aware there's a main phase. You don't just tell me twice. Yeah, tell tell me all this. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on. So that being said, <laughs> I need you to click on this
0: link I just put into the post, and John, just just Uh-oh. don't just don't grunt. Um. So I need to know if you've ever heard of this before. Oh, oh I have seen this, I think. You have you? Um, I, my, I, if this is what I think it is. Yeah so I click, have seen some of these. So I've put so for the record, I just put the <laughs> link to the Booze Cube visual spoiler in the chat box. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we have so so the, the question is if we were at an event, would you participate in a booze cube for this?
1: <laughs> if I was out of the event, yeah.
5: Yeah, 'cause 'cause because you know what? Owen Turtenwald and Conley Woods and fucking Tom motherfucking Martel, said that they would do that. We had the sweet pad, had a hot tub, lots of booze, chicks. They were all like, yeah, we'll do that for sure. It sounds great. And then they just bailed.
2: <laughs>
5: Jerks.
3: So, so you just go ahead and say that you're going to do it and then just bail because it's totally acceptable for those guys. Because you're an elitist. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Oh, yeah. So, we need, we need to hear about...
3: Uh, we need, most, to, we need you, to ask the controversial question.
1: I, I'll get there. But That's first, give me your most question. epic credit card game victory. Um, well, I mo- you know, it's sort of like they say in Rounders, you know, you, have, you, you, you don't remember how you built your bankroll, but you remember how you lost it. Uh, I mostly remember my, <laughs> my epic credit card game. So Can you, so, for the so listeners, just can you just
5: explain the credit card game? Because a lot so, of them ask me yeah. about it. Uh,
1: the credit card game is anytime that a group has a shared expense. Uh, you take everyone's credit card who was involved in it. You shuffle them up and you deal them out one at a time. And the last credit card remaining at the end pays for everything. Boom. So, uh, yeah. But my, I mean, I, I've been I've been involved in a number of pretty big games. Um, I I played in a bunch of games in uh, in Vegas with you know, a bunch of pro poker players and stuff. Uh, I think one I lost was uh, was actually uh, we were we were paying for our table at a club, uh, in Vegas excess no. and, you know, bottle service in Vegas is not cheap. Not cheap. <laughs> and this was, you know, a group of like, I don't even remember how many of us, I mean, I was, I was plastered at the time. Cause Hey, we were at a club in Vegas getting bottle service. Um, and, yeah. uh, it was, good. It, like, the, the last two were, were me and, uh, uh, my buddy Dan Burdick and, uh, Dave Williams was actually the one holding the cards. And he, and he had, he said something that like, basically he said, and I didn't hear him at the time that, you know, okay, I'm going to like, you know, slide the card, you know, on the top off. So, you know, the one that you see is the one on the bottom or whatever. And, you know, they, uh, the person picked, you know, basically they picked the, they picked the card. I see, I see uh, the other card and I think I, I won. I think I didn't have to pay. And then he was like, dude, why are you celebrating? Because both, both me and, and my buddy were all celebrating. And it's like one of you is wrong here. <laughs> and it, was, it was me who was wrong. And uh, I had to pay a lot of money. <laughs> How much? I think that ended up being like three grand. <laughs> <laughs> shit, what a
3: beating <laughs>
1: wow that was that was including some buyouts for for you know people who who weren't playing so we uh oh, wow. we have a few bottles oh
0: my <laughs> god
5: shit
3: what a, a, what a baller
5: what a baller
3: <laughs> why don't
5: you do that john medina you're a baller aren't you no man i'm not a baller
1: no that's that's you like guys, you next guys level baller. Card game for for who donates 10k
3: <laughs> KYT call up Sal we're going to credit card game for this <laughs> oh man just so you know Brian Sal is the owner of Face to Face Games the guy who uh, sponsored this podcast oh okay cool yeah he's a cool guy He's kind of reminds me of like a mafia mobster you know
2: okay
3: yeah.
1: and he's but like in a,
5: in a good don't, way in a good way don't have me killed
1: please, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Is there, is there a Canadian mafia?
5: Yeah, and it's in Quebec. Yeah, where Sal's from.
1: Yeah. It's, What's it called? It's, it's
5: rank out there, man. Yeah. Like, in, I'm, I am more appalled by the things those people do than by the things that I read about in my true crime novels that my girlfriend continues to buy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that your girlfriend continues to buy.
5: Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't spend money on that stuff. So, yeah. He reads it though. <laughs> I read it. I, it's there,
0: You it. got
1: it. He's going to be like, something honey, when where's the new pot?
3: novel? It came out this week.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Spend your money, girlfriend! Your Spend, yeah. Spend your
0: money! Here. <laughs> so, uh, have you got any scumbag stories for us, Brian?
5: You gotta have at least one. Even a fake troll Conley Woods one.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you actually just brought up Conley Woods. This isn't really a yeah. scumbag story, I guess. But, uh, it that that pose how, you, how you define a scumbag story. Uh, we're actually, so this is in, this is in barcelona um we we're all like testing for uh for you know the the pro tour coming up um and uh we're we're staying in these two adjoining apartments and you know given that we're in europe all these apartments have you know the sort of key uh in the the light switch thing so you know you you can only have the lights on if you have the key in the light switch so we're all testing and like you know like, Conley comes comes in, and he's like, hey, you know, do they enter the key or whatever? And Conley had just lost the credit card game the night before. At, we're all out at dinner. Um, and, you know, he lost – it was, like, a $1,200 credit card game.
0: Oh, God. This was, like, the the, the weekend or the week this was like, of his, Con- like, this insane this actually, this actually credit been, card
1: beats, right? Yeah. This actually may have been after the second night that he, like, did <laughs> huge credit card beating. So, like, Con- Conley is in, like, a pretty bad mood. You know, he's he's just, like, taking beat after beat. You know, he's just like if I'd lost my wallet in the first day of this trip, I'd be like up way more money. You know, like <laughs> I, I would, I would be in way better shape. Like if I had to like get a new passport, all this. So you know, we're all, we're all like, you know, testing whatnot, and uh, Conley like, you know, is, is like, like arguing with people about like, you know, you need, you need a key or whatever. And we're all just like, we're all you know playing playtesting whatever. Like, no, no, you know, we we don't we don't know what it is, whatever. And then like you know, Conley leaves, and suddenly the lights go out, and we're just like, what the fuck? And we, it, it dawns on us that Conley had just, like, you know, gotten mad, grabbed the key in the light switch, and just, like, stormed out. What? And what? so I, I, like, I, like, you know, I go out after him. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? What like, a douche! You know? And he's just, like, he's just, like, oh, I'm trying to, like, you know, reasonably ask people for, you know, this thing, or whatever. And, you know, everyone's, everyone's like, you know, just, just blowing me off. Key to, to, like, have light so we can play test for the fucking Pro Tour. And he's just, like, <laughs> if someone's got a problem with it, you know, just tell him to bring it and, like, slaps his chest. And I was like, "Are you trying to fight me? <laughs> Is that what happened? Like storm out with the key from the light switch, and now you're like, you want to get into a fight with me over this? Is this what's happening?" So uh, yeah, Conley stormed off, took our what key, took us like half an hour or something to like find another key somewhere, and uh, See, eventually Magic we got... players
3: don't fight, man. They I mean, just I... talk about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, like, I, but I, I was. I was just like, "Are, are you serious? You actually you, you want to fight me over the lights <laughs> in our entire apartment?" And then like, you're mad at me. I don't I don't get it.
3: Oh man, that's hilarious.
0: It was a, it was a pretty interesting experience. <laughs> wow, John, you had a question that you needed to ask here, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I got some controversial stuff. Well, I got a, oh. a controversial question, and then I have a question. Uh, just uh, just a random question. Um, okay. So I'll start with the random one. We'll save the controversial one since I know everyone's on the edge of their seats right now. So first question is, uh, when, when, uh, Tom Martell and Steve Minetti were battling out in this forum, right? Uh, okay. this is like the epic forum battle that, uh, Tom Martell totally put Steve Minetti in his place. So in the middle of the forum, you popped in there and you were like, uh, they were, they were giving their, like their schooling, right? And you're yes. like, oh yeah, well, I went to seminary and you're all going to hell. So, did you really go to seminary?
1: I didn't go to seminary, but I do have a degree in religion. I, my degree is in philosophy and religion.
3: Where is it from?
1: Uh, Emory University in Atlanta.
3: Emory. Yes. And uh, is it, like, why did you decide to get a degree in relo- uh, philosophy and religion? Philosophy.
1: Relig- because philosophy. I, because I, f- I find what people believe and why to be very interesting.
3: Okay, so you just wanted to get a degree in that.
1: Basically. I mean, like, I I knew... <laughs> I mean, so you just well, want to I mean, get a degree in that? I well, guess. I, mean, huh? I find it interesting. Answer too me! How i don't have a degree dude. in it, you know? <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I knew, uh, you know, partway through when I was in college that I was going to uh, do something involving games for a living, and I just studied what I found interesting.
3: I see. Final answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll dig. I'll, I'll pick your brain about this some other time because I'm really interested in this sure. uh, in this topic. But but on to the controversial. Um. So I think it was. Pro Tour Austin,
1: uh-huh. and
3: uh, and basically what we're going to talk about is this this uh, Angel Despair trigger. You, you know what this is I'm talking a controversial
1: about. Controversial right? question. This is this is, yeah. this is This is an old question, but okay. I know it's it's old, <laughs> but
3: it's old. But people are going to expect us to ask it, right? Because you've never See, been on a podcast. I was
1: thinking, you know, if you're going to ask a controversial question, given all the forum rules, it's like, are you really gay? Because like that's, that's no no. Thing to, I wait, mean, just, speaking really, of gay, <laughs> wait wait wait. People <laughs> wait, would actually wait. believe for you know. speaking of gay, speaking of gay. <laughs>
5: Chris Lansdell tweeted that <laughs> Chris Lansdale tweeted that a that a magic player came out as being gay and then said that we find out who that was. Is it somebody that's famous?
2: What does it matter? Uh, well, I'm just curious.
1: Person, i curious. Mean, I know I know who he's talking about, but I mean I I don't want to share that person's personal business with an audience. But didn't yeah, they? Yeah. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I mean yeah. they 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 isn't came that, out to it's part of friends. Oh, sure. it's, it's it's not it's not my place to do that.
5: Oh, I see. No, I didn't realize they were, like it was like to their family, friends type idea. I, well, it was, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: like it was, you know, it was, it was a public Facebook post. But I mean, like you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they want it trumpeted across the universe.
5: Mm.
1: Yeah,
3: and right. like the yeah. reason I'm not asking you the controversial question if you're gay or not, I don't care if you're gay or not. Like
1: <laughs> it's just <laughs> really funny because that's, that's, that's apparently tons of people in the forums do to think. And, okay. Uh, my girlfriend actually there was there was a uh, a post on some you know reply to some interview thing with me on Star City and someone was like So, you know, what I really want to know is if Brian, is Brian Killer gay and she replies like, you know, here are this bullet point list, you know, why I know that Brian killer is not gay and like you know, number three is just like he has sex with women. I'm sure there are other women out there can back me up on this.
3: So um so yeah, the, the angel of despair trigger. Like I guess what had happened. Uh, I don't really remember the details. I think it had something to do with, like, a meddling mage. The uh, Angel of Despair came in. The trigger was missed. It could have killed the meddling mage and then allowed him to fire spout, I guess.
1: I, mean, I, can, I can explain the entire situation if you want. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So uh, my I'm playing, this is, the, this is game five of the quarterfinals in Austin. And uh, my opponent casts Hypergenesis. Uh, and his he Hypergenesis has, and he tells me, I say, you know, oh, like, you know, is it good? Like, is like, you know, how, how what do you got, basically? Because I've been sort of playfully bantering with him the entire time. Every time he casts Hypergenesis, mm-hmm. I'm like, am I dead? Am I dead? Um, and he's like, you know, he's like, I only have two creatures. I'm like, are they good? And he says, you know, they're Progenitus and Angel Despair. So I'm like, okay. And this is before we put anything to play yet. So, yep. you know, he puts in Progenitus. I put in uh, a Meddling Mage. And, you know, I'm naming my Meddling Mages as we go, and he puts in Angel Despair, I put in uh, Meddling Mage, Meddling Mage, and I have Baneslayer Angel in my hand. And I know that I can't put Baneslayer Angel into play, because if I do, he'll just Angel Despair. Despair. Um, so, you know, I'm going through naming each of my Meddling Mages, and then, uh, you know, we, we we finish resolving the Hypergenesis, and he just says go. And, you know, I untap, cast the, cast the Baneslayer Angel, and ultimately end up, like, uh, Plow his or path his, his angel and end up beating him with the exalted, uh, and my Baneslayer angel races his progeny. Races his progeny, yeah, I remember. Right. That. And he didn't, and he he did not kill anything with 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 angel of despair. And you know, I I at the you know at the, at the time I thought it was uh, a may effect, and you know, I, I knew he had the 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 angel the 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 uh, angel of despair because he, he said it. You know, he told me mm-hmm. and that's why I specifically didn't put my Baneslayer in play. Um, and then you know after the match the. Uh, the reporter, you know, who's sitting there, Josh Bennett, he says, "Oh, what did what did uh, Angelus Bare kill?" And I'm just like, "Oh, he didn't kill anything. He forgot." And then he picks up his Angelus Bare and reads it and hands it to me, and I pick it up and look at it, and it, you know, it's just like destroyed her permanent. So, you know, that was that was sort of the, you know, oh shit, what happened? Sort of. Did
3: thing. you feel bad at that point?
1: I mean, it's hard for me to feel bad at that point because I just won. I felt <laughs> yeah. shitty. You know, I didn't. I I can't say I can't honestly say I felt bad because you know I won the match. Yeah, but and I, I mean, he I, should
3: know what his cards do, right? Right,
1: you know, and, and, you know, I mean, there there were lots of people who were saying, you know, oh, how could you not know, blah, 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 and, you know, they're like, you know, you must have played Hesed all the time, I'm like, dude, we, we played it with proxy cards, you know, I didn't play during that block or whatever, Um. so, you know, there, there were tons of people who basically were just accusing me of cheating, saying that I knew that it was a mandatory effect, and and ignored it on the form and stuff, so yeah.
3: So basically, that was the controversy was that, not that you knew that the trigger was there, but that you knew it was mandatory
1: no yeah i i mean i i knew that that he had the angel of despair That's the reason i didn't play Blaine Center, but i i thought it was a may effect and when he passed the turn and i mean it was it was after sort of all this confusion with like you know i had named three different meddling mages so you know uh he just just forgot and i thought it was it was you know okay that he was forgot um,
2: uh-huh. and you
1: know I, I was like you know i was i was specifically like trying not to look at his angel of despair cuz i didn't want to remind him you know that he that he missed his he missed his effect um but you know turns out it was a must effect
3: and and, uh, and now under the new rules, under this the new doesn't rules, really matter, right? Yeah, under
1: the new rules, there is no asterisk next to my often win, so.
3: <laughs> <laughs> because under the new rules, if he would have missed that, even though it's not a May, he's right. still, it's a lapse, right? Correct. A lapse trigger. Okay. Yeah. So, so anybody who has any problem, it, Look. The new rules—it's already there, dude. Yeah, so... He's just pre-cognitive, <laughs>
1: Retroactively <laughs> absolved of any uh, any possible wrong.
5: I mean, Brian Kibler is a trailblazer. <laughs>
1: he was just it, playtesting
5: it, his new game design.
1: <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, I mean that, that's, thats pretty much the sort of reason why they they made that rules change is because you know, in a uh, you know, if I did not Kibler's never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, that, if that you know if i had known that was a must effect you know i would have been obligated to point it out uh and you know he would have killed something and i would have lost um mm-hmm. and but a, a a an unscrupulous player who knew it was a must effect could just not say anything and get away with you know winning winning a game where they should have lost and basically the the way that that it worked penalized because you know their when their you know their opponents could could like you know make this quote-unquote mistake and they they had to you know remind them and the, the the players who you know were were shady could get away with things.
3: I see. That's a that's a good way to look good way to look at it. I think.
1: I agree. I also think my way of looking at it is good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll allow it. You know.
0: <laughs> um, we've got a fantastic editor. There's actually a quick question. Did you see any agro loam at GP Columbus?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Good. Kyle, there you go. That's for you.
3: I, <laughs> d- I didn't see any either, Kyle. I mean, me and KYT were there. You could have asked us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <I mean, laughs>
1: you met, Your metagame I mean, report. Kibler
3: was out after round, like, three, dude. Uh, yeah. I mean...
1: No, I played three, seven <laughs> rounds. I don't know. I lost a lot, though. I, I won know you one did. actual match, so.
3: <laughs> what did you play? You played Doran, right? Yeah. And uh, do you like that deck going forward, or do you think it's I mean,
1: uh, should... I I, I kind of like the deck. Uh, you know, going. I felt like I got pretty unlucky in a lot of my losses. Um, like I I lost to Go when he was you know dead on board to my Thalia, I had to chump block with his Mutavault, then drew Path to Exile, then drew his one remaining Bane Slayer while I drew three land. Um, and you know, <laughs> then I then I lost to a a birthing pod deck. That had no cards in hand and like a bird of paradise and a wall of roots, while I had Elspeth and two Tarmogoyfs. And he drew his exactly his one uh, Eternal Witness to bring back his Kiki Jiki to copy his Eternal Witness to bring back his Court of Calling to combo kill me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> sounds awkward.
3: like it sounds like he played pretty tight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, he, he got there. <laughs>
3: Hey, if you're listening, man, you lucky bastard.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I I don't think necessarily any of my opponents played poorly or anything like that, but they I definitely felt like they got pretty fortunate to, to beat me from those board states.
3: Does it annoy you knowing that that guy went back to his friends and, like, high-fived with them and just, like, man, I just kicked Kibler's ass. I was dead on board. Luck sacked my, <laughs> <luck-sacked> my <laughs> eternal witness. And with the Not, I, mean,
1: I actually I actually think it's awesome that people get excited when they play me and, and beat me or even lose to me you know like people I, I play people in like you know inside events and they're just like you know they're like well win or lose I'm happy because you know I got to play against you and it, it's really cool to be able to be in that sort of position where you know people people really take something out of the matches that we play
2: yeah. you know if, if they I beat me if they, it's was...
1: a great story for them and that's really cool and you know whatever it's 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 a game of magic like you know I've played thousands of games of magic in my life you know some of them i get unlucky and lose and that's fine.
3: So would you say you don't tilt?
1: I don't I don't think i i really do. I mean like there there are there are certainly times when you know i i make you know poor decisions because you know for for reasons that are related to my emotional state which you know is is tilting. Um but i think that in general i'm pretty uh i'm pretty resilient to it. Uh, I actually had someone on my stream recently, you know, when there i was playing uh uh a sealed deck event, and like I got unlucky, like two games in a row, just got like stalled in man. And they're like, "Oh, don't tilt, man. You know your deck's good." And I was just like, "I was like, dude. Like I've played literally, you know, as I said before, I have played thousands of games of Magic. These are like games I'm playing, you know, in a online pre-release of all things. Like these are not going to upset me. You know, I've, I've 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 like, you know, lost you know way bigger matches due to getting way unluckier. And you know, at, at a certain point, you just have to be used to it. You know, you just get numb to it. Okay. There, it's like I mean, I played I played online poker for a while. Um and it's the same sort of thing, you know, people, people who, who get upset in, in situations where, you know, they get unlucky or whatever. It's like, eventually you've played enough hands that, you know, you've lost with aces against whatever enough times, or, you know, in magic, you've been mana screwed enough times that, you know, it, it just doesn't, just doesn't affect you anymore, or it shouldn't. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to allow magic to have such an important sort of place in your life that you get emotionally invested in it, you need to, to, to you know, get used to just sort of shrugging your shoulders and playing the next match.
3: I think this is great advice. I have a guy in my shop. Uh, his name's Ryan. And, uh, he thinks, he thinks you're an awesome player. He's like, he's like, uh, you're like one of his, uh, pros that he'd like to meet and stuff like that. So he is, uh, he's like picking up the game really fast. You know, he used to play Yu Gi Oh or whatever. And, uh, but one of the things, man, one of the things that he's really got a bad habit of is every time he loses, he tilts. He sure. just like auto tilts. And like, uh, you know, I think this is really good advice that you just have to learn that. You know,
1: I mean, you, was sort of. You know, we we're talking before about you know my my degree or whatever. You know, I, I've joked before that you know the uh, my degree in philosophy and religion allows me to you know st- stay calm and focused as I get mana screwed for the thousandth time. Like, it's like <laughs> oh well, you know, this too shall pass. You know.
3: <laughs> oh man, that's good. He just he just quoted some scripture for you guys, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Brian Kibler. <laughs> So um, I, I also like uh, attaching to the Doran story on the GP uh, Columbus. I know that one of our listeners, uh, Mike Hardy, he went uh, undef almost undefeated. I think X and one, or X and X and one on day one with Doran at Columbus too. So I mean the deck maybe wasn't that bad, you know.
1: It's it's a sort of thing like you know uh, Mike Flores actually talked about this in a, in a in a relatively recent article where you know if you play if you go into say a standard tournament and you play Delver. And, you know, you go like two and four, you know, someone's gonna be like, ah, pff, you idiot playing Delver. But, you know, if you go to that same tournament and you play like, you know, mono black control, someone will be like, you idiot, you know, mono black control, you went two and four. Well, you know, you don't, you don't have nearly enough sample size to make a lot of these judgments sometimes. And when, you know, when someone, when someone does poorly with, you know, a deck that's a little bit off the radar, people tend to blame the deck as the reason for their, their, uh, their failure, rather than, you know, whatever other possible set of circumstances could have actually caused it. You know, whereas if someone plays, you know, sort of a a stock deck, the best deck, whatever, you know, if if they go if they do poorly, it's like oh bad matchups, bad luck, whatever. It's like well, you can't have it both ways, you know, you you, you can't like always blame whatever is most convenient for you to blame.
0: Yeah. All right. So, um, can we move on to what have you been playing? And can we do can we do our our sleep keep ditch for the week, or do we have more stuff for Bryant?
4: <laughs> I just have one quick question, Brian. You talked about how you, know, you, you were working at Upper Deck on World of Warcraft TCG, and uh, you, le- you left Upper Deck because it, it wasn't that great. I wanted to know, because I think another company bought the World of Warcraft license, like you mentioned. Have you been following, because you were the lead, one of the lead editors, correct me if I'm wrong, have you been following their progress and what changes they've made with that game, and do you have any thoughts on, on their game?
1: I haven't really been following the Wow T G too much since I stopped working on it. Uh right now the the head developer for that game uh is Patrick Sullivan. Um, oh. and you know he's a he's a very talented uh designer developer. Uh you know, and I, I have I have great faith that uh you know he's sort of moved the ship in the right direction. He actually uh we actually uh shared a lot of thoughts when I was I was working on, on WoW and he was, you know, working on other projects um and uh you know, would occasionally contribute to to WoW development, and uh, I m- I had somewhat different opinions than some of the other members of the development team, and uh, Patrick tended to be on my side of things. So I, I know that we 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 tend to see eye on eye to eye on a, a lot of those matters. Wow, that's a fact
4: that I didn't know that Patrick Sullivan was one of the
1: main guys now. Yeah, he he is he has been the, the head developer of the WoW TCG for a while. Uh, he pretty much since since it went to Cryptozoic, which is the company that that has the license now. Well.
3: Wow! Mm. All I knew that he played a red deck. That's all I knew.
0: <laughs> Better than anyone on the planet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> nice.
0: Okay. Shout yeah. Shout out to Patrick Sullivan. that's
1: for sure. He actually lives like three doors down from me now, too. So. Really? Yeah.
3: So you guys could like just have this mega game design like party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, our our you know like our Friday nights or whatever. Frequently involve beer and talking about games.
3: (laughs) Wow, that sounds awesome!
1: It is pretty sweet. So, uh, have you? So, you just been
0: like magic cubing and Magic Online uh, M13 releases is sort of what you've been playing lately, Brian? Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've been messing around a bit with standard, but uh, but uh, doing primarily limited uh, since the the pre-release events went down. I've been I've been tinkering around with some standard decks.
3: Uh, Nice. Let me guess, Naya?
1: Actually, the deck of Amusingly enough, giving my anecdote earlier, uh, the deck that I've been I've been messing with the most right now is mono black control.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, I I lost that deck at um, at FNM, and it was really frustrating because uh, he was just grinding the shit out of me with trading post like over and over again. It was like as soon as I got like a just a little bit of a board position, he's like mutilate. I'm just like <laughs> are you kidding me he's at like three life and i'm just like bonfire off the top i'm running four bonfires i'm like bonfire bonfire you know 15 turns later bonfire bonfire come on come on bonfire no bonfire land 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 you know one drop one drop one drop i'm just like oh come on i'm gonna die to mono black so i died
2: so
1: yeah, are you running- my, my mono black deck is a, is a little bit different i actually kill people primarily with gristle brand <laughs> oh, whoa Jesus christ i'm not i'm not messing around no trading post for you, right? Yeah, no. I don't, I don't. I don't want incremental advantage. I want my cards all at once. <laughs>
3: <laughs> are you playing uh, the new Liliana in this or no? Uh, Liliana? Yeah, I
1: have a couple copies of the new Liliana. I have. I actually have uh, a copy of Diabolic Revelation in my deck.
2: It's oh pretty wow! Sweet.
1: Whenever you just you just like you know the the deck's actually particularly sweet against like all the green decks that are really popular right now. You know, you just have like like mutilates and black suns zeniths and a bunch of removal. Um, and like batter skulls to hold the ground and you know just eventually kill you know kill all their shit stay alive with pristine talismans ramp your mana with talismans and solemn simulacrums and then just play these you know super powerful cards wow i've, I've been tinkering a lot it, the, 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 the recent version is actually pretty good i think
3: it sounds more aggressive than the one i played yeah it sounds like you're just like sticking it right there boom
0: so are you uh, are you going to be writing about it at any time soon or I, I, posting actually, it I up? think
1: I think I have an article that talks about it that goes up uh, now-ish so nice
3: in five minutes folks well I mean yeah, it's, sort of, in know, five, it's, five minutes
1: you know yeah the, uh, the time that we're actually recording this but yeah. yeah or for you iPhone users you can get it
0: early if you subscribe to the app and have premium because they <laughs> update at like nine or easier. if you can
1: hack my computer you can read it right, right now.
0: fucking now
3: Man, if I'm hacking your computer, I'm not gonna be reading your articles, bro.
1: <laughs> Leave my porn alone.
3: Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs>
1: I'll be like I'll be like, man,
3: Brian Kibler is bi. No.
0: <laughs> so uh so Cedric Phillips, another Star City writer, uh good uh friend of the show, he was on a couple weeks ago. Um he uh spent a good eight hours on I guess it was a couple Thursdays ago on his stream, because he's streaming fairly regularly as well, like three days a week scheduled. And he was dicking around with this terrible, terrible, terrible fucking Bantpod deck that at first looked, you know, neat. But when you include Deadeye Navigator and Venser the Sojourner in your initial 60 cards, it's awkward. Um... So, we kind of went through eight hours of watching him hammer this into a PTQ-winning deck. So, he ended up taking down the uh, online PTQ the following weekend, which is a couple weeks ago. So, congratulations to him. I've been playing the shit out of it, and it is so much fun, I can barely contain myself. And Igo was getting really tired of playing Magic. So... (laughs) It's really nice to kind of have that fire back, but uh, what I want to do is if we if if you'd play along with us here, Brian, we uh, we do this this segment called Sneep Keeper Ditch, um, which I think is fairly self-explanatory. But basically, we are just going to decide if seven cards what we would do with them. So, it's a band pod deck. It's uh, just based on, you know, a lot of the really powerful interactions like Restoration Angel and Blade Splicer with Thrag Tusk and, uh, you know, Mana Birds and Birthing Pod. And it's uh, a lot of fun. So, let's see what we've got here. So, opening seven cards, I have Avacyn's Pilgrim, Avacyn's Pilgrim, Elv- Elvish Visionary, Borderland Ranger, Birthing Pod, Forest, and Gaviny Township.
2: Sheep. Yeah.
0: Sheep. I think that's a sneak, yeah.
2: Alright, so let's do another one here.
0: Uh, Razor Verge Thicket, Seachrome Coast, Forest, Hinterland Harbor, Blade Splicer, Restoration Angel, Restoration Angel. Ditch. Mm. Are you on the play or the draw?
2: On the play, uh, I probably keep that. On the draw, I gotta get rid of it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Alright. We'll do another one here.
0: I this mean, one... Kibler
3: plays a little loose, you know, if you, see you know... <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's not, uh, it's not a
0: great hand but no but i mean it's perfectly serviceable in a mid-range matchup oh
3: you throw that shit back you get you can get better dude come on
0: you, could. <laughs> you probably won't <laughs> <laughs> so uh this one i think is uh so razor verge thicket Hintel and harbor Hintel and harbor planes uh bird of paradise frost titan guy starnard bunk yeah. get that shit out of here i gotta that shit
3: Wait, what if you're on the play? No. No, don't think,
1: no, I don't think that matters. What if you're on the play and you're playing Mono Black Control?
3: <laughs> Still have a Gristle brand
2: before I have anything. Alright,
1: so we'll do one more here. I'll get
2: a
0: good shuffle.
3: Apparently, this, this has shitty hands, I guess.
0: Alright, so actually, this one's. No, it's pretty good, too. Uh, Razor Verge Thicket Island. Uh, Bird, Pilgrim, Pilgrim, Visionary, Sun Titan.
2: I'd keep that. Is that it? Yeah,
0: like you got two lands, right, which represent all your colors, plus two pilgrims and a bird. Elvish Visionary to like throw a guy on the ground and draw a card, and then Sun Titan at the top end. I mean, Sun Titan you don't want to see in your opening hand, but I and mean, the rest of it's fine, right?
3: If, the no, if there's no Visionary, I would ship it, but the Visionary. Yeah,
0: has- the Visionary,
1: the Visionary gives you a little bit of a little bit of a you know redraw because <laughs> the hand yeah. overall is pretty bad. Your first play is like a Sun Titan. I mean, granted, your Sun Titan is coming to play pretty quickly, but yeah. Yeah, so, that's like Harry turn four. Helps. So for for shits and giggles, next two draws of
0: course are Borderland Ranger and Deceiver Exarch.
3: Uh, that's oh, was, okay.
0: Was, you can you can untap your Sun Titan. <laughs> 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 All these like singletons, you gotta love pod decks, right? Oh man. So anyways, I've been yeah, it's it's been a, a crazy amount of fun. I, I recommend it. And uh it's it's been really, really neat for me. Uh the sideboard's a lot of fun too, a lot of one of Slayer the Wicked. Is actually just hilarious. Uh, I was playing everybody and their mother was playing zombies. Um, fucking, they still play zombies today everywhere that I've been seeing lately. And just being able to play, you know, Frex or uh, sorry, phantasmal image and and pot up to that, pot up to the the slayer, drop it, and then just like copy and bounce and blink it all day is just hilarious. <laughs> yeah,
1: slayer, slayer is definitely one of the one of the cards that looks really cute in the deck, but I think it's actually probably really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's what I found too. Like at first I looked at the sideboard and, and Cedric was sort of the same way when he was going through stream and you look at it and you go, it just does so much work. And it's at a yeah. really good spot in the curve as well for the pod. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really sweet.
3: Yeah. It uh, sounds pretty insane. I love the whole restoration angel slayer or like uh phantasmal image slayer business. Like seems really good.
0: Yeah. And Thragtusk is like the, is, is just dumb, right? Like we they, ugh. ugh so dumb.
3: Yeah, Thrag Tusk is stupid. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: So I I, I, I'm surprised, Brian, that you're not playing Thrag Tusk. Like, that seems like it's a card you would love to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely built decks that include Thrag Tusk in them. Um, but, you know, I've been I've been sort of trying to mess around with new ideas. Like, there's so many people on Magic Online right now who are playing, you know, various green decks that, you know, building the green deck that gets the advantage against the other green decks. You know, mm-hmm. I, I actually think that my existing sort of Niapod deck with Machauses ends up having a really good matchup against a lot of those. Um, but I just wanted to try something else, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's actually sort of a reaction that I've gotten from a lot of people. It's like, what, you're not playing green? It's like, you know, I'm allowed to play with basic lands that aren't for it. It's like, it's <laughs> like in contracts. <laughs> <Told now>? <laughs> <Really laughs> I've had, a, you know, I have tendencies because, you know, I've had success with certain types of decks. Um, but, you know, I, I am primarily looking for decks that will let me win more than anything else. Fair.
0: All right. Uh, KYT, what have you been playing? I haven't been playing
4: much since GB Columbus, sadly, so I've just been getting completely destroyed in M13 drafts, as John could <laughs> see last night oh, I was trying man, to set up a stream. the
3: worst <laughs> I told you to run the auger, dumbass
0: <laughs> Anyways so, so you were streaming last night? I was trying to,
4: uh but, uh, apparently my mic I still have to, like tweak all the audio settings because uh, Medina was trolling me all night.
3: <laughs> Dude, it was abysmal. I go... KYT's like, I'm streaming. So I go on there. It's silent for, like, 25 minutes. I'm like, what the hell is going on here, KYT? Like, this is not go. streaming. This is not <laughs> streaming. I'm looking at, like, Windows folders. I'm not even looking <laughs> at magic. Like... And so he finally gets a sound, and it's, like, in and out, and then he's making terrible picks, and I'm like trying to justify him, and I'm just like, I suck at drafting. I suck at Magic in general, and I'm even saying, like, this is not a good pick. Like, what are you doing, dude? So I don't know, man. He was, uh, Yeah, but it was fun to troll KYT, at least, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the draft experience.
0: Nice. Jay, what about you? You been playing Magic lately or what? Golf. Oh fucking Dude, you're shit.
5: fired. You're fired, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm
5: going to FNM tomorrow. I'm fired up about it. The problem is, this is the problem. When okay. you start doing something that's more fun than magic, which is a lot of things, then <laughs> what happens is, uh, especially if you start doing that around the time that a set comes out, um, you fall out of the loop. Like, I don't know what to play. I have, like, Ramp built. I assume that's fucking horrible. And I have Delver built. I don't know how Delver built beats a Thrag Tusk. So, I don't know how to deal with that. And, uh, (laughs) like, Avison Restored is the worst fucking format of all time. I hated that format. I'm sure Killer's just rolling his eyes, but I hated that format. So, you know, there's no motivation for me to play Magic at the time. So, I've just been playing golf. Golf's awesome. I shot another 82. I'm the best at golf. I'm crushing 400 yards in the air. I'm the best. But, I'm gonna play FNM tomorrow. I'm sure I'm gonna go, like, 05. I'm just gonna play regular Delver and, like, just kids with, like, bad mono-green decks are just going to run all over me because Vapor Snag just doesn't get rid of that Tusk at all. Well, and, you want uh, the, uh, <laughs> or the
3: Dungrove Or the
5: Dungrove yeah. So, you know, like, I I might try that Talran deck again, but I really just haven't done any work with it, so I don't know. I don't know.
3: Run Missteps main, dude. If, yeah,
1: if I didn't know that this was a Canadian podcast before, I definitely know it now.
3: <laughs> 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 this is a Canadian podcast, by the way. <laughs> I'm the only American here.
2: <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> you talked. You talked. <laughs> you talked.
3: Oh man, Brad Kim does like you,
2: bro. You're fired.
5: <laughs> I'm gonna tell Jordy Tate about this.
3: <laughs> oh man. So uh, so yeah, I've been playing a Nia. I've been playing Naya Pod. Uh, and that's kind of like my my like my personal deck, not my FM Hero deck Mm -hmm. because, like, I decided that I need to alternate. I need to play, like, my regular deck with, like, foils and stuff and then, like, play the FNM Hero deck, like, maybe... In
0: in Penny Sleeves.
3: Yeah, like, like, I just need to, like... Because the FNM Hero deck just gets really stressful because I have to, like, win with it, and I can't just play Magic. So, like, I feel like sometimes to relieve that stress, I'll just play an FNM with, like, like, a real deck, so to speak. I mean my FM hero deck is getting there, it's almost a real deck. Like I want to play with Dragtus, you know. I wanna play with you know, I wanna play this mono black deck that Kiddler's talking about. Like I can't just like switch with FM hero, you know. So I, instead I could just, you know, play whatever deck I want and then next FM play FM hero. So yeah, so I've been playing the Naiapod and I've been playing uh, so and I've been playing the FM hero deck, which is the Talrand mono blue delver. And, uh, that deck's pretty sweet, man. Mono blue Delver, talrand deck. I think that, uh... I, I think there's some room to improve it, though. Like, I feel like the Talrans are really good against the green decks. Uh, because you just make an army of flyers and just race them. Um, uh, but I feel like in the mirror match,
5: they're not that great.
3: Like, you know, it just gets Vapor Snagged or Dismembered, and, uh, it's really hard to resolve it unless you. Have I
5: find against control decks too. Like you, they they don't even care if you resolve it because they just wrath you, and then you don't have resiliency. Like there's nothing you're doing after that, right?
3: Yeah, and you have the same problem with like bonfire decks. Yeah, it's like, like they just like there's so many times where you're just like make these dudes, and then you're like, I hope he doesn't bonfire. I hope he doesn't bonfire. I hope he doesn't bonfire. You know, and or it's just permanence
5: like, or anything.
3: Yeah, so I feel like the deck needs to be tuned a little bit for that. Like maybe I go two Talrands main. And then some other, like, stuff. Like, I don't oh, know. Oh, really? And then, like, something else on the board for, like, when I play against. Uh... Yeah, I mean, the guy who commented was like, oh, are you saying to side Talran out of the Delver deck? I'm like, yeah, dumbass. It's Delver deck. It's not a Talran deck. <laughs>
5: like, freaking A, man. No, I just think it's funny that you're t- talking about, you know, like, making the Talran deck a little more resilient. When I was talking about that, it's not a big deal.
3: Yeah, I mean, we both agree. I mean I don't like, think
5: we did agree last week.
3: Yeah, I agreed with you. I don't think you did. I just didn't agree with some of the stuff you're saying. It's just bullshit.
2: Yeah. Like always. Like always. So,
0: Brian, I'm looking at your article because it just posted. Uh-huh. Like, this Mono Black deck, like, this is literally just one giant troll of
1: the metagame, right? That that version is actually, like, since then I've made some improvements to it, actually. I, you know, I was playing some more, you know, after I finished my article, and... uh the the Soren's Vengeance package I think is actually not that exciting. Uh I was uh trying that out. Uh basically I, I built the deck a lot around the sort of black-white uh Soren, Soren's Vengeance wrath deck that had been doing reasonably well um prior to uh M thirteen. But I wanted to try it with Mutilate mutilates Mutilate's act just awesome. Um and I decided that I wanted to move away from that sort of package and just into uh you know just big dominating cards like Gristlebrand, Karn. And the Diabolic Revelation. So the the version that that I've been messing with now is slightly different. It's it does, it basically just doesn't have the uh it has one less Soren, it doesn't have any of the vengeances, and it has like Karn, Diabolic Revelation, some different stresses. But it's it's still pretty similar. And mm-hmm. I I've been having I've been having a reasonable amount of success with it online. I mean, granted I haven't really been playing, you know, in super competitive stuff, but uh, yeah. but I've been winning a lot more than I've been losing.
0: Wow. Yeah, like
1: three Black Sun Zenith, four mutilate, main deck yeah i mean against all the all of the uh the green decks out there you know they play just like dude 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 and you're like mutilate you like I played against a a, a bant pod deck online actually at one point and uh after sideboarding i played a, a a massacre worm which killed like several of his things they just kept playing more creatures and just kept killing them all and just killed them with massacre worm life loss
2: <laughs> 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 like
1: at at one point he was he had like a vencer he was trying to protect um and he kept like uh blinking uh a Geist Iron monk and then he was like blocking my my Vampire Nighthawk that was attacking him. He kept like losing four life every time, and then eventually he just like spit out a bunch of stuff on the board and I'm like mutilate lose thirty. <laughs> no fuck. I I do love a lot of the creatures
0: that you're playing in the sideboard. Like Nighthawk is, is so crazy good. Like having that guy back is just hilarious. Uh Mask Bloodline Keeper. Love Bloodline Keeper. Yeah, Bloodline so, Keeper's sweet. Yeah. So that's cool. Yes, yeah, so you guys can check out the the full details of the list on uh in Brian's article on, on premium side of star city. It's pretty cool. Alrighty. So I guess we can go to shout outs then.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So Jay, wa- Oh, wait, no, no. Don't we have something to do first before we go to shoutouts? outs? Or are we going to give do away those? a gristle brand? Don't we have a foil gristle brand to give away for yes, our yes, like insane do. comments that we got last week?
1: Yes. And you can play this foil gristle brand in that mono black control deck. To sell. <laughs>
0: <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brian, you should probably just, like, take a minute while we're going through this and just look at some of these. They're pretty funny. Our listeners are one of a kind. And actually, they're, (laughs) like, 4,000 of a kind, which is pretty sweet.
5: (laughs) 4,000 people listen to us? Uh, They listen to us. They don't listen to you.
0: Yeah, we actually... (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we love our listeners. We actually get almost, like, 10,000 downloads a week. Like, it's insane. You guys are bonkers, and we love you.
3: Except for Robot Large. Fuck Except that for guy. Except Robot
0: Large. You ready for this? You just don't like Robot Large because I'm Robot Large. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't like Robot Large because he's indecisive, man. He can't make up his mind whether he likes me or not.
5: He doesn't.
0: So, sup, Stevie, by the way. I just want to, like, give that guy a shout-out for this week because his comments were hilarious. They're like uh, completely charged, but they were hilarious. Like Robot Large is talking about KYT's tiny Asian dick for a free gristle brand. And Stevie goes, as for KYT, I took a piss in the urinal next to him. And he was he was, a f- he was rocking a legit rod. I could go for days just discussing the striations. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways, I thought it was You guys funny. are ridiculous. Yeah, that's good. All right, so do we have a winner or do we want to just read some out? Like, what do we got?
4: I loved. I just want to mention. I loved all the Medina hate that we got. This, this usually we get all this Medina, more Medina comments. so like garbage. <laughs> but uh,
5: I really appreciate I think reading the hate.
3: <laughs> Jay is turning the listeners against me. I think
5: I'm not. You you did it yourself by opening your mouth. <laughs> you oh, spread man. your saltiness, and the people don't like it. They don't I like don't trans fats.
3: I don't care. I'm trolling him because I'm you. here every week. Suck it, guys. <laughs> oh, you can be replaced. <laughs> Replace me then, bitch.
0: Taste I it. I will. Taste right it, Medina. Taste it. Oh, man. Anyways. All right, so what do we got?
3: So I have a
4: winner, so I don't know if you guys want to read a bit before I reveal, like, who who was randomly
3: chosen. I really like uh, Mark Larson's comment. Was that on this episode, Scott?
0: Yeah, that's the taste at Medina. It's yeah, I know
3: it's tasted, but we're, I don't yeah. see it here.
0: So, so quotes. Most of the people there were just, most of the people there were just grinders there, you know, and not even just grinders. Sharks trying to rip you for whatever they can. It was gross. <laughs> Is the quote from Medina's last episode, right? As he was talking about the trading at GP Columbus. So, of course, the response is, taste it, Medina. Now you know what it feels like? This is your damn fault. If it weren't for you releasing your demons onto the community when you wrote for Star City, there would be, like, 95% less scumbag charts in the community. I can't believe this guy. What a hypocritical literal bag of scum.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mike Larson, I'm going to kick your ass I'm not sure what a literal bag of scum would would look like.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I pictured it in a burlap sack. You know, and some of the scum is, like, coming out of the little, you know, the little burlappy stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, the funniest part about this, of course, is I actually have a picture of Mark Larson asking Medina to sign his chest in Sharpie and it happening. So, like, we know where his heart really is, but it was really funny that he was able to spawn the phrase. <laughs> oh,
3: you have that picture? We should put in the show notes.
0: <laughs> That's a good idea. I have to email that to Kyle now. But, uh, but yeah, it was literally, it, it tasted Medina.
3: Taste. It. oh man that was good <laughs> releasing my demons <laughs> all right KYT who gets this foil gristle brand so the
4: foil gristle brand goes to a long time listener of ours who's been content for for quite a while now it goes to the fabulous so oh, congratulations nice. to fabulous for the foil gristle brand i hope uh try out in kibler's new deck
5: <laughs> man foil gristle brand what's that worth like 40 bucks right now It was,
0: it was, and then uh, oh, I guess it's still played in Legacy, right?
5: I mean, that card is just
3: awesome.
0: Yeah, once they banned it in Commander, though, it, like, took a dip.
5: Well, that's tight.
3: It's 50 50 on uh, StarCityGames.com.
5: There you have it.
0: So it means it's like 30, right? (laughs) (laughs) What does a Dragon Master say?
3: Kibler's like, no comment. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Pete! (laughs) I've got to I gotta, just, I I just gotta read a things. comment. I don't, I don't, I don't a comment.
1: trade, I don't
3: sell, you know. <laughs> whoa, 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 wait a second. You're the one who warped the market on the fucking Daybreak Rangers, so don't tell me you don't trade or sell. He's,
1: did he stop doing it after that? Was that the breaking point for you, Brian? The, the, the funny thing is that, like, I mean, I, I, you know, I I didn't, like, do that intentionally to sort of manipulate anything. I just, like, you know, fa- like thought the car was going to be awesome because I thought the world was going to look like it did, you know, going into... Uh, that set where you know there's a bunch of birthing pod and tempered steel decks and everything, um, and you know in that world, daybreak rangers is amazing. Um, and you know I was like, oh, this card's gonna skyrocket. I want to buy it. And it wasn't like you know no intentional misleading like you know insider trading stuff. It was just it like 100... a Is this is this the box of daybreak rangers? Oh, it's right here. <laughs> you can actually uh, you can actually hear me flip through my daybreak rangers. Tell us now, bro, by the way. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's probably okay to get rid of those.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
1: I'm way too lazy to speculate on magic cards, I'll tell you that much. It's like, oh, well, what can I do with these? I guess I'll just sit here in this box.
3: You know what you should do? You should make a necklace out of them and then have it gold-plated.
1: I could do that. That's what I would do. <laughs> If you could do that, you should really donate the $10,000 to, uh... <laughs> oh, man. No,
4: I know you want to be the top donor, man. You want to be the unique character. Oh, I,
0: the I love the, top love donor, the, like a motherfucking boner. It's too
3: bad I don't have any money, dude. It's too bad I don't have any money.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so let's start. So, Brian, why don't you deliver us some shout-outs, man? Why don't some you shout-outs. let us know who you want to shout-out to and say thanks to and give Props to and all that crap.
1: All right. Well, uh, uh
0: crap. Taking it back. Cheerfully, cheerfully withdrawn.
1: I uh, want to give a shout out to, uh, to Natalie. If you do happen to watch this, you know, you you hear me, you know, or watch this, listen to this, you get to hear me actually call you my girlfriend on, uh, on air. So hi to you. <laughs> and, uh, shout out to all, everyone who, uh, who has backed Soulforge so far. We've been thrilled with the response. And, uh, hopefully those of you who are listening now, uh, can go check it out and potentially chip in too. Awesome. Anything
2: else?
1: Uh, that's all I got. All right.
0: John?
2: All right. Brian, thanks for coming on and uh,
3: just uh, being a good sport, you know, uh, as we ask you all the, I guess, not so controversial questions. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, to Brian and SoulForge. Sounds pretty awesome. Uh, I'm going to definitely check it out. I'm not going to give $10,000, but I will be a backer. <laughs> Cheapskate. I know, I know. I'm such a... <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. So, <laughs> you bastards. Uh, just shout out to all the fans who've been leaving comments. You guys are awesome. Even the guys who say uh, Les Medina. Uh, I think that's great that you guys are listening every week. Um, <laughs> damn it. I had all kinds of shout outs, man, and now they're just going down the tubes. Uh, let me just, Let me look at my Twitter real quick. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm not going to look at just Twitter. There's a bunch of people on here.
2: Um, (laughs) so yeah,
3: just shout out to, that's it, man. That's it. I got to peace out guys.
2: (laughs) All right. Jay. Oh, it's me now. Yeah. Garbage. Garbage.
5: All right. Shout out to Brian killer. Thank you for coming on the show. Finally. I, uh, enjoyed listening to you doc and, um, (laughs) Shout-out to Cedric Phillips, one the PTQ? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Shout-out to Andrew Wagner, who I, I think I've shouted out before, but he's really, he's really funny uh, when he says things like, I also feel like pointing out how Jay trashed the hell out of Runechanter's Pike, and now it's one of the key pieces and one of the best decks in the format. Suck it, boosh. because um, <laughs> I still think it's a bad card. And I, I, it, it's not now one of the key pieces in one of the best decks because it's been around for a long time. I think Andrew Wagner needs to just jump on the DeLorean there and figure that shit out. Um, who else we got a shout out to? Oh, man. Nick Peterson. Not Pedersen. Peterson. Peterson, Nick Peterson. Uh, for, he had the foils have arrived and he started foiling up my booze cube for me. So thank you very much. And shout out to Fabulous for winning your Grizzle brand. Yep. Pretty good. Pretty good. And shout out to Kevy Metal and Sup Stevie for just trashing this brian guy (laughs) who just came on the he like listens to the show which is like two hours long i'm sure i'm sure brian can relate with this brian kibler i'm sure he can relate to this so you spend like two hours of your time like listening to a show and then you jump onto the forums just to like trash that show and and ask questions like why in the world does anybody like this person um so i just got a big shout out to It's me that he's talking oh, okay, about. Okay. Um, but shout out to Stevie and uh, and Kevy Metal for, for I guess, I don't know, being white knights and defending my honor. I appreciate that. And uh, shout out to Brian with a Y, which is cool. Um, I don't know if I got any other shout outs. Shout out to KYT for uh, coining the meme This Is Why. And everybody knows why. And I love you. And shout out to Fast and Fast Games, because I just got paid.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh man KYT you have shout-outs?
4: Uh Thanks Brian for, for being on the show Um, I was one of those guys that were Really excited to play Someone like you I got a chance to play against you At GP Montreal you crushed me Um, And it was pretty Cool to uh Play a bunch of matches against you before GP Columbus when you sat down and just like Wanted to battle with your Doran deck so that was pretty cool uh, you crushed me to... there. So.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, you you said it was a great game 1 matchup for me, so. Oh, it was um, for sure. And I, and I probably and I don't believe that. So, um but thanks for being on cuz I know uh you just you've mentioned multiple times you just
5: never have time to do podcasts and it's great to have you on.
2: Um Shit.
5: wait, I have to interrupt you. Speaking of shoutouts to Brian Killer. Mark Mercier says hello. <laughs>
2: hey Mark.
5: <laughs> and shoutouts to Mark that's Mercier, for knowing Brian Kibler. We, we... Matt, isn't it? Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> you are
5: that's, that's how sweet it is. No, I just wanted to see if I, he claims, he claims that you know him as a person. Yeah,
1: I know him from Elitist Jerk.
5: Yeah, and I was sort of there to, like, to, like, witness you speaking to him, and then as <laughs> such, I was like, man, that's cool that you know Brian Kibler, and he's like, whatever. And then, so I wanted to see if you actually knew him or not. Yeah, I was or like, just
1: save, save Matt, not Mark, so... <laughs> shout out to mark. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Kyt, you can finish.
4: Yeah, last <laughs> shout out to to Joshua Lamesh always such a devoted fan, and you know, is basically saying he'll have a another stroke if I I don't get considered for the community cup. So, <laughs> shout out to that guy. Even though you I can't keep sell. threading yep. the
3: stroke, Josh. <laughs> the stroke card.
0: Hey, listen, <laughs> like, you at some point in time, cards. somebody's gonna call, right? Like, yeah.
2: <laughs>
5: yeah. And then um, it you just die. <laughs> we have, have to save him.
3: <laughs> I have one more shout out that I forgot. Um go ahead this guy
5: that.
3: it's this guy, uh Tor Tutor? Uh terraro, Chad Havis. Torero uh, Tutor, yeah. Yeah. You know that guy?
0: Yeah. Uh, he has played in N S C G and he's a Twitter Yep.
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. actually, no, so, he's, he's he's
2: local. No, so there you go. Oh, is he really? Okay, yeah, he,
0: cool. He, he,
3: uh, yeah, I think he's a cool guy. I want to give him a shout out. Uh, I was uh, starting up some controversy about uh, magic finance writing, and uh, and then uh, he asked me for some feedback on one of his articles, and I gave him uh, an earful, and uh, he was a good support about it. So uh, I kind of was like really busy.
5: He's, he's like a pretty reasonable guy, so
3: yeah, yeah. I I feel a little bit bad because I was super busy today, and like as we were as I was battling out on Twitter, we kind of got into it, and so like I just just like bring the full hammer down on his article. And uh, I didn't do it in public, obviously, but, um, but he was a really good sport about it. And he, uh, you know, he was really reasonable. So, uh, give him a shout out for that. You can check him out on a quiet com on the uh, premium side. All right.
0: Kara are you done? Your shout outs? Yeah, yeah, I'm done. All right. So uh, shout out to Carrie Dan for doing a fantastic job of editing our podcast. Um, shout out to Brian, man, fucking so awesome that you actually came on. That was a wicked, it's like, we, we keep pitching out asks. Oh yeah, come on, come on, come on. And just never an answer. And then this time it was just like out of the blue bang. It's happening. Fucking like top shelf of you, dude. So yeah, thanks good.
3: for not blowing us off this time.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. really good. And like, and <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like back, I'm not like backhanded commenting you there. Like I, I really do appreciate, you know, the, you being up front in Canada saying, yep, I'm in. Let's fucking do it. it um so good luck on um on the stream and and of course on the soulforge uh endeavor you guys should all make sure you check that out and uh you know um christine's quite serious she does have a, a kickstarter to fuel the kickstarter so oh, i saw I, yeah I, I've,
1: I've uh retweeted her post about it so. <laughs> yeah
0: so if you guys want to do that that's totally cool as well so uh so shout out to her and i think it was uh i think it was revised angel that got it started as well, she kind of said, "Yeah, you should totally do that." So, shout out to the ladies for getting their shit together.
5: Ladies, um, ladies, I, I'm um, the love to <laughs> <laughs> I don't,
0: I don't really know what else I can say after that. That's hilarious. That's um,
5: hilarious. That's
0: pretty. Good. Hi, Bob. Uh, again,
5: that was hilarious. That was
0: hilarious. I'll uh, shout out to Matty Studios because he was like almost more excited about this episode than we were. No, probably definitely. Um, shout out, Fab obvious. Uh, he recently had a, uh, second baby as well. So Ooh. you know, like, not only does he get the foil gristle brand, but he also has more children. So that's awesome for him. Shout out to robot large. And <laughs> I think that's about it for me for tonight, guys. So awesome show. Yep. Tune in next week when we have likely no guest and uh, we yell at each other uh, belligerently until somebody says shut Medina. up.
5: <laughs> I dare you.
3: I dare you,
5: Jay. <laughs> I fucking you dare me. you. You, dare you don't have any fucking dirt on me, you bitch.
0: Alright. <laughs> so, with that, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, have a great night and uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you guys soon.
2: Later, guys. Bye-bye. Buzz <laughs> ladies.